Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to another episode of Do Go One. My name is Dave Warnicky, and as always, I'm here with Mr. Matt Stewart. Hey, Dave. How's it going? Good, thanks. How are you? Oh, man. So good. Oh, actually, that makes me think of a question. How good is it to be alive? Well, I don't have the answers, but someone who might have the answers this week is our very special guest, returning to the podcast, Alistair trombley Virtual. Thank you. And to answer your question, Matt, it's fine. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> How good is it to be alive? Fine to the be thing alive. Is that I, I prefer to not being alive. But uh, but it's also not f- not completely filled with absolute endless beauty and uh, joy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you're sort of halfway between me and Dave. Yeah. Well, you're a big you're a big everything is joyful kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Which one? No, Matt's- I'm the joy guy. Oh, you're the joy guy. But to be fair, how good is it to be alive? You've never answered the question. We don't know. Well, it's a rhetorical question. I think implied okay. in the question is that it is very good. Oh, okay. right. How right. good is it? Yeah, that's well, true. It's like our friend's uh, football podcast. Joel Douche has a podcast called How Good Is Footy? You're yeah. not li- hearing that and going, well, do they like it or not? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's, true, it's true. I thought that the whole point of listening to the podcast was that eventually at the end, they you discover whether or not it's good. Oh, okay. Yep. They haven't got there yet. No. Usually our, our regular co-host, Jess Perkins, who is away this week, uh, would say, I wish I was never born. Yeah. And I'm the, I'm the middle ground, but that's you this week. So, I guess I should Thank say, you. I wish I was never born. Yeah, Are you happy sure. now? And we pray for Bob because- We do pray for Bob. Yeah. yeah. I hope she's well. I hope old uh, old Bopica is doing well. <laughs> You're really trying to get Bopica across the line. Bopica Bopkins. Bopica Bopkins. <laughs> hey, Dave, uh, do you want to explain how the show works? What, what do you we- think Al should- uh, but Al, are you happy to explain yeah, how the show I'll, works? Yeah, I'll give it a go. Well, you know, every week, uh, you know, uh, one of us uh, writes a report- and we present it to the other content- contestants. Great. Yeah, I'm loving it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but at the moment, it's Block. Mm. It's oh Blocktober, gosh. right? It is. And uh, these are the uh, top 100 most voted for stories. And we're only doing 10 of them, probably. We're doing nine. Yeah. Nine. We're doing the top nine. A top- big vote. Thousands of people voted. Thousands. 
upon thousands even. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and today we're on, this is number four. Yeah. The fourth most voted for topic. This mm. had over 28% of the vote. You could vote for more than one topic. Yeah, sure. That's pretty close to the percentage of oxygen in the atmosphere, I think. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, that's funny because this week's topic is oxygen in the atmosphere. <laughs> wow. Had 28.55% of the vote. Uh, and we get on a topic with a question, Al. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask that question now. Dave vaguely probably remembers the topic, but he doesn't know exactly. You don't have any idea have what this no topic idea. is. All right. I'll let you have first go then, Al. Okay. Thank My you. question is- Guess the movie based on the cast, and I'll I'll read them. You know, I'll, the star. I'll stars last. I'll go up the order, down the order. Right, all right, here we go. Starting at like guy in car number four. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I've heard of all these people. Okay. What a cast it is. Vern Troyer. Whoa. Buzz in when you think you know the sure. answer. Austin Powers. Okay, Dave's Dave's locked out. Al, you get. Can, do I have to go now, or can no, I? No, stop? You, you, <laughs> David Cross. Okay. Tony Shalhoub. Holy moly. Rip Torn. Okay. Vincent D'Onofrio. Whoa. The poor man's Vince Vaughn. (laughs) The rich man's Vince Vaughn. Linda Fiorentino. Is this... Wait. Keep going. Tommy Lee Jones. Is this Men in Black? It is Men in Black. Well done. Oh, wait. Did you say David Cross or or did you say... Oh, I think I thought you said Ross from Friends. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's he, why I was like, wait, he's not in Men in Black. He turned down the lead role, though, funnily enough. <laughs> really? Yeah, apparently. Is that Will Smith? I think so. Who? The Ross guy from plays Friends? Ross from Friends. I think I read that. David Schwimmer said was going to be the Will Smith character in Men in Black. Wow. That is awesome. <laughs> that would have been such a, an alternate universe. Have I think I Trump wouldn't have become president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somehow. <laughs> Will Smith made that happen? Uh, yeah. According to CBR.com, oh, it's going to do a long run up here, isn't it? Get to the friends. Imagine David Swimmer doing the men in black rap. I know, yeah. <laughs> oh, the good guys. Dress in black. Remember that. <laughs> in case we ever face to face and make co- contact. <laughs> yeah, it, just, it says, I mean, you know how these articles go. It talks about everything but the topic until somewhere deep in it. But it says a friend's, a friend's actor almost started Men in Black. The Men in Black franchise could have looked a lot different with a friend star nearly grabbing Will Smith's role in the franchise. Oh, my God. Is it going to be? And it's a big picture. It's funny they're keeping it a secret because there's a big photo of David Schwimmer. <laughs> <laughs> Who could it be? Is it going to be? But yeah. But then I think they would have had to go for a kind of different guy for the Tommy Lee Jones character. Yeah. Will Smith. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. I don't think I remember David Cross. In it, I'm, once I read it, I remembered Tony Shalhoub. Uh, Vincent sure, yeah. D'Onofrio played that great farmer. I think that role. guy needs a spinoff. I actually think about that character yeah, a lot. So good. Needs sugar and water. Water. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, we're talking about Men in Black today. Wow. wow. The film franchise was actually based on a comic book series created by Lowell Cunningham. Lowell? Lowell. Lowell. How do you spell Lowell? Lowell? L-O-W-E-L-L. Lowell. Lowell. Is that the same as the Sufjan Stevens album, Carrion Lowell? It must be. It must just be a regular name. Maybe his parents' names? I mean, it just- It it worries me that I've never heard this name said out loud. Yeah, Carrion Lowell. Lowell. It's not Lowell in any way. It might be Lowell. Oh. Well, as an American, a North American Al. Can you help us out there? Is this like Lowell and Hardy? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I Uh never knew how to pronounce that either, so thanks so much. Yeah, but it probably is Lowell. I've just always, it's one of those ones I don't think I've ever heard said out loud. Lowell. 
anyway, yeah. So beautiful name, either way. Let's be honest. The the comics were originally published in 1990 by Aircell. Uh, Aircell was later acquired by Malibu Comics, wow. which was then in turn bought by Marvel Comics. So it's technically yeah, it's a Marvel. It's a Marvel comic book movie. Yeah, great. So they could have been an Endgame. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think because Sony owns the rights, you know, our Marvel sold out. Mesa on an episode years ago told us about how mm-hmm. Marvel to keep the wolves from the door or whatever that saying is had to sell off the right movie rights for a lot of their products, uh, including Men in Black. Uh, the comics have a darker tone than the action comedy films it inspired. The comic book series features two main characters, like the movies, Agent K and Agent J who are government agents responsible for monitoring and dealing with the extraterrestrial and paranormal threats to Earth. The success of the comics eventually led to the development of the Men in Black film franchise, which began in uh, with the 1997 movie made by Sony, starring Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. The films took the basic premise and characters from the comics, but infused them with a more comedic and action-oriented style. Yeah. Right. That's why they got Schwimmer. They thought action. They thought, we've got to get Russell. Yeah. Action comedy. <laughs> Schwimmer's the man. Yeah, I would have loved to seen that bit where he jumps off a bridge and then lands on the top of that open air bus. I think it just doesn't feel like a real Schwimmer move. Yeah, that must have just had a very different picture in their minds initially. Mm, like a guy who wasn't in any way athletic and good for the role. <laughs> like, you know, good for like, you know, they would have gone, oh, we need a guy like you on our- uh- But maybe that could have been his opportunity to like, you know, a few Marvel people have really buffed up. It's yeah, true. Everyone's true. Going, Oh my God, I can't believe how, how hot and ripped they are. K- Kamal's actually yeah. in the fourth Men in Black film. The international one? Yeah. Yeah, right. Does he play a villain or a good guy? I don't know. Well, the good Why guy's dressed in black. <laughs> Remember that. Well, yeah, I guess it depends on your perspective, <laughs> whether they're the good guys or not. Right. I guess, yeah. Because um, are they kind of like the, uh, they're like the cops in a way. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, some think that, you know, they're basically, their job is to hide the truth from your average oh, Joes. So, do you think, right. as an average Joe yeah. yourself, do you think that's a, what a good guy would do? Hide the truth from you? Well, I think that, you know, one of the few things that would actually- you know, one of the few facts that I could hear that would make me joyful and even cry is finding out that there is another alien, like another species that mm. exists from another planet and that they have made it here. Yes. I think both those facts together, one would bring the joy and then the other one would make me cry. Yeah, yeah. Because from joy? I, joyful cry. It could be, it could be from, yeah, it could be like joy cry. Yeah. Well, yeah. It could be, yeah, it could be a, a sad cry or a scared cry if you're finding out when an alien's about to kill you. Please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Please. 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 Have a family. <laughs> I mean, we all do, sort of. You know, we've all had yeah. parents at one stage. Yeah. And I've got a cousin out in Maine, Connecticut. <laughs> That's a place. I don't know. I'm panicking here. <laughs> oh, please. 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 My dad's name's Lau. What <laughs> can think about Lau? I, I still am not sure. And I, and I don't think I, if I died now, and I don't know how to pronounce Lau for sure. <laughs> I'm going to become a ghost and I'm I won't be able to, to leave until I find out. <laughs> I don't want to go with unfinished business. I'll That's have right. to haunt you. You don't want that. <laughs> you don't want that. I don't want that. I just I, called him dad. Yeah. Just let me live. Like alien. I could, ghosts can probably follow aliens to anywhere in the universe. Yeah. It's going to be a huge pain in the ass. <laughs> I'm annoying. As dad. you can tell. <laughs> I'm David Schwimmer. <laughs> I think it would have just been a totally different movie, right? Because I was Ooh. reading recently, you know how Frasier's been rebooted? Yeah. Initially, they wanted to have David Hyde Pierce back as Niles, Frasier's brother. Sure. And they were going to be 
the the idea was that they were going to be in Seattle uh, running a, a black box theater, but they couldn't get David Hyde Pierce. He didn't he didn't want to reprise the role. Yeah. So instead, they got Will Smith. Instead, <laughs> <laughs> they got Will Smith and David Schwimmer. Yeah. No, but instead they've like the the show just set changed entirely, and now it's set back in Boston, and he's a Harvard professor. Yeah, well, you know they're like, if we can't have Schwimmer, that story doesn't work. So we'll just, you know, they just. So I get, imagine that David Schwimmer would have been the same. It would have just been a less actiony film. Yeah, would yeah. Have- Men in Black was going to be Men in a Black Box theater. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Schwimmer said no. And they said, all right, all right, we got to so, rewrite. It's yeah. going to be about aliens. Then. Yeah, yeah. So like, can I play a, a paleontologist who has a little <laughs> monkey called Marcel? <laughs> He was very keen on that. Yeah. We've talked about this uh, in a Primates episode. He hated that monkey. Did he? Yeah. He hated it's crazy that, that he was demanding it for his movie. <laughs> As in the actor, Schwimmer hated it. Yeah, yeah. Hated acting with the monkey. <laughs> was it easy? hated being upstaged? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Probably. I think that it might just be that that traditional American uh, distaste for the French. Oh, yeah. Know? The Fr- <laughs> French monkey. Yeah. They, well, they call them surrender monkeys, don't they? Exactly, Americans called which the French I think song. is wrong. Cheese-eating surrender monkeys? That's I, not, not uh, my term. No. That's you and your country's term. <laughs> no, I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm from Canada. You're from, yeah, the, Canada. Canada. You're from the French you, Canada. You've got well. nothing to do with French people, right? <laughs> uh, je parle français et uh, je dirai jamais ça. How do you say uh, cheese-eating surrender monkeys? Uh, the, uh, 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 I don't know how to say surrender in French, which is <laughs> very <laughs> strange. They don't have a word for yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, I, I more of a nod over there. They're yeah. just like, just like, come on, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm done. Just come on, <laughs> I'm <in>. out. <laughs> uh, all right, what are we talking about? We're talking about the film The Men in Black. All right, so the original film has Will Smith playing a police officer who arrests a criminal, but that criminal turns out to be an alien. Mm. This leads him to being a child, and then recruited by a secret government agency known as the Men in Black or the MIB, MIB. <laughs> <laughs> And they, <laughs> MIB, they yeah. operate out of a hidden office in New York City. The MIB is staffed by a group <laughs> of specially trained agents who are responsible for policing and monitoring extraterrestrial activity on Earth. These agents are known by their code names. You've got Agent K, played by Tommy Lee Jones, and Smith gets the code name Agent J. It's weird that they get went K before J. <clears throat> They're not yeah. going down the down the alphabet here yeah but also it's weird that they've created a system where they can only have a maximum of 26 <laughs> agents <laughs> k1 yeah I yeah guess. you'd think yeah once will smith was coming and mm. they'd be like all right you're agent 7b 6kj yeah well you know like number plates now totally yeah when i was a kid it was three letters three numbers and they've they've run out of those yeah, yeah. so now they're having to do like number letter letter Number or whatever. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you can tell, at least with the MI5, they did 007. You know that they could get at least 999 agents but out it, of that. But it's not 007. <laughs> Dave, you'll know this is a Bond guy. Is that the letters O, 007? Or are they, is that the number 007? I think it's 007. Okay. But they just but, say 007. But I mean, if that would actually cool. be better because then you could, that's yeah. a base 26 uh, number system, essentially. Right. So then you would get, you know, 26, 26, and then only nine out of the last one. Yeah. But that's way more uh, permutations. Isn't so it? maybe that's maybe that's why they've done it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so the, their primary mission for the Men in Black is to monitor and regulate extraterrestrial immigrants living on Earth, ensuring that they adhere to the laws and do not pose a threat to humans. This includes regulating alien immigration, tracking criminals from other worlds, and preventing any public disclosure of extraterrestrial existence. 
A nifty device they use is called the Neuralizer, and it is able to erase the memories of all those who have witnessed extraterrestrial events or creatures. The first film was a box office success, making nearly $600 million off a $90 million budget, which led to three sequels, including the the two sequels with Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones, and then a, mm. a third sequel, which was the international one with, with Australia's own Chris Hemsworth. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. I never saw that one. I've still never- Yeah, I, I was actually a really big MIB, a MIB head myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, I referred to my head as a nib at the time. Yeah, I was, I thought you're of a myself, mib nib. Uh, yeah, I was a bit of a mib, mib nib. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the had the three sequels, an animated spin-off, video games, and, of course, a couple of hit singles by star Will Smith, including the titular Men in Black from the first film and from the second film, it's hard to forget, Black Suits Coming, brackets, nod your head. <laughs> uh, and that second one... Uh, didn't do that well in America, but made the top 20 in Australia and as high as number two in the lucrative Dutch market. Wow, Holy the Dutch moly. love it. The Dutch, yeah, they love it to nod their head. Yeah, it's <laughs> a very nod-heavy country. <laughs> You'd think France, you know, yeah, the, with, with the, surrender with the surrendering, uh, surrendering. <laughs> Sorry, surrendering. I was, I, I'm not used to using a word for it. Uh, shout out to our French listeners out there. Mm. I, don't, I've, I don't really have a position make, on this. Some excuse. When do the, uh, <laughs> what are the famous French, um, uh, countries or people? Uh, no, time, times they surrendered. So they're um, fam- famous surrenders. I mean, I think, you know, I think the, fa- the famous one that people refer to, uh, is got, got to do with the Second World War, but of oh, course they had, yeah. they had endured such tremendous losses during the First World War. Yeah, um, that yeah, right. that I don't think there was a huge appetite for fighting another one. Uh, gotcha. So few years later, um, but th- that's that's all I that's all I really know. Well, I think, yeah, I think the Americans Germany didn't up- have that attitude, did they? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Just I- looking up uh, Will Smith here, I forgot that uh, Man in Black. It comes. From, it's the debut single, also off his debut album, Big Willie Style. Man in Black is the from Big Willie Style. Yeah, I didn't realize really? that. Released June 1997. Is, is that the international release or is that- it's Just according to the wikipedia.org, which is, of course, wow. Will Smith's Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. It's the debut solo single of American rapper and actor Will Smith. Because he had other singles with Jazzy Jeff. Yes, that's, that's right. right. There but, you go. But, but this is this is before- This is not him as Fresh Prince anymore, right? This is him as Will. As Will. Now I'm Will. Yeah. Now I'm Will. So he said? Like, yeah, Will, uh, Will I am. Is yes. that what he is? I think <laughs> that's when he came out and said to the world, <laughs> "Yeah, I am Will. Yeah. Will, I am. Is this, is this the beginning of Green Eggs and Ham? <laughs> I, think it might be. I can't believe it. Big Willy style. Yeah. <laughs> that's so great. It is for you. Yeah. And then he had Willennium. Wow. In 99. Did he rip off Will Anderson? Will Anderson? Yeah. Jeez. Um. That's probably the worst thing he's ever done yeah. publicly. <laughs> I mean, but also, wasn't he a guy like to have a, an album called Big Willie Style? Wasn't he also a guy who said that he had slept around so much in the last 25 years or whatever that now the like actually orgasm orgasming makes him physically sick? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think there's something like that. Where- oh, yeah, that's why he makes him. He does feel queasy or something like that. Yeah. The- <laughs> Just like the opposite of what an orgasm is for, right? <laughs> this this might have uh, been what inspired his uh, collab with Billy Ocean in 1989 called I Sleep Much Better, brackets, in someone else's bed. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was trying to tell us. Yeah. He was trying to tell us he had a problem. 
Yeah, but he might also just have had a bad mattress. Oh yeah, that's true. You know? yeah. And he had a, yeah, he was friends with Captain Snooze. Yeah, <laughs> he's just sleeping. He's like breaking, friends with benefits <laughs> with Captain Snooze. Breaking into a bed shop every night. Mm. So that that was uh, that. That's probably the most famous of the Men in Black stuff. But Dave, you'll know a bit about this. The Men in Black also feature in the X Files series a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, well, you know, they're. I don't think they. Mm. They're sort of in the background. They'll rock up at scenes and stuff. And they played less for laughs than in the film franchise. The agents are depicted <laughs> as sinister and intimidating government operatives working to suppress information relating to aliens and other government conspiracies. Yeah, sometimes like it's sort of like a mini army sort of shows up with machine guns and just start, starts shooting shit. Yes. Mm. Like the start of the the rebooted series in like 2016 or whatever, I guess they were those guys that rock up to the uh, UFO crash site. Yeah, they're, they're men in black. They're gung ho. Yes. Guys. Yeah. Right. My question is, what are they doing all day long? Those people. Mm. Are you sitting around with your machine gun by your leg, waiting for the the government to call and say, "Hey, people are finding out about aliens. You got to go now." A lot of paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> it, it it sounds like it would be a lot more like like being a fireman. You know, like because mm. you're just kind of waiting, but you're just living at the station or whatever. Yes, but in a lot in of playing cards in your suit. In your suit. Yeah. Do they have like, mid mid poles? Mid. Yeah, yeah, they yeah they got go down the mid pole. Yeah, but they they climb up it. Oh yeah, that's yeah, just that's the only difference. Uh, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and it's also quite efficient because they live downstairs at the fire station. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so they yeah get a bit yeah. of a two for one. So it's, it's more hidden, you know, because yeah. it's a secretive operation. Yeah, yeah. Thing no one's like expecting that. you to be down there. Um, do the ones in X Files have any neuralizers, or do they use bullets to wipe your memory? I think they use bullets, mm. from what yeah, I can right. remember. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, don't worry, you won't remember any of this after I put this in your head. Yeah, yeah. but that's. I think, like, you know, in MIB movies, they, they seem to have incredible technology for monitoring, uh, you know, uh, alien activity and mm. things like that. Uh, but how would you do it if you didn't have, like, if you don't have stuff like neuralizers, um, then, you know, you probably don't have great, how are you monitoring crash sites and things like yeah. that? Yeah. You know? I think, well, maybe they just don't tell us about the neuralizers. Yeah, yeah that's right. Because they probably got the alien technology from the aliens. Yeah. And now they're trying to and they use that technology to keep us unaware yeah. of yeah. the technology. Yeah, sure. Um, anyway, none of that is today's topic. Uh, <laughs> oh. We're not talking about some ridiculous fictional characters. Today, we're here to talk about the real men in black. <gasps> what? That they are based on. Um, and this topic was suggested by Josh from York in North Yorkshire. Lewis Faustone from Sheffield, UK, and Aaron Wolf from Daytona Beach. Now, when you say the real men in black, do you mean Johnny Cash? Yes. <laughs> talking about Johnny Cash. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about uh, the, the hives. Yeah. If they're the men in white and black, but- Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you, you got to have a- I'm talking about the Saints, the men in red, white, and black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the men team. Sure, 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 sure. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about anyone who's ever worn black and is a man. Great. So, it's going to be a long one. Strap yourselves in. <laughs> but we're going to start, actually, <laughs> by talking about this uh, group, sort of a shady group, uh, something that might be involved in the government called the Men in Black or the MIB, before we go <laughs> on to the hives and oh, other okay. things. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. We, got, we got time. A, it's a good starting point. Uh, and the concept of the Men in Black can be traced back to the 1940s. It's, mm. uh, what was happening then? Oh, flappers? Were they 20s? Uh, flappers had a dancing thing? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a few. Poirot, I reckon, was still kicking in the 40s, yeah, was he? Right. Still alive. Yeah, a bit of- Is it Art Deco era? <gasps> it's a bit after that, yeah. but- Yeah, it's a bit, a bit after, after that. It was like 1930s. Post Art Deco. But- Art Nouveau. 
Oh, yeah, it could have been Art Nouveau. Art Nouveau. I mean, that's a similar thing, but we could also talk about World War Two. <laughs> oh, World War Two. Yeah, yeah, World War Two. Foo Fighters. Fitzroy's last ever premiership in 1944. Oh. <laughs> They're gone right now. Yeah, they've been swallowed by Brisbane. Oh. The, the Lions in swallowed Brisbane Lions line. is Fitzroy. They were the Bears. Yeah, right. Whose mascot was a koala. Anyway. <laughs> The concept of Men in Black, 1940s. This all um, started to come to light in the 50s when Gray Barker released a book titled They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers. Mm. This was released in 1956 and it details accounts of those who claim to have had encounters with aliens before getting visited by strange men in dark suits. Oh. According to Austin Harvey, writing for All That's Interesting... From Barker's account, the first mention of Men in Black can be traced back to June 27th, 1947, and a man named Harold Dahl in what came to be known as the Maury Island UFO Incident. According to Dahl's account, he was on a conservation mission, gathering logs with his son Charles near the eastern shore of Maury Island in Washington in, I want to say Puget Sound, or is it Puget Sound? Does that mean anything to you? Puget? It doesn't mean anything to me. I'm French. Uh, Puget. Puget. Puget sound. (laughs) Peugeot. Peugeot. Uh, And as he was working, Dahl claimed he saw six donut-shaped objects hovering in the air. Oh, my God. Flying donuts. That's awesome. (gasps) Oh, those would go great on a saucer. Yeah. (laughs) That's what the saucers were for. (laughs) Just below were flying saucers. Uh, And they were roughly half a mile above his boat. Before he could make any sense of what he was seeing, one of the objects fell from the sky. Jesus. According to Justin Sablich, writing for History.com, this was followed by raining metallic debris, some of which hit Dahl's son Charles on his arm, as well as the family dog who didn't survive the ordeal. Oh, my gosh. Dahl was able to take some pictures of the aircraft uh, with his camera, which he later showed to his supervisor, Fred Crisman. Crisman was sceptical, so- uh, he went back to the scene to look for himself. I guess not that sceptical. Otherwise, you'd be like, that didn't happen. Sure, yeah. I'm going to continue with the thing I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was a little open-minded. He went back to the scene. And when he went back, he himself saw a strange aircraft with his very own eyes. What? What was it made out of? His eyes. Yeah, yeah. Was it like- It looks like egg white. Yeah. I think it was egg. <laughs> egg white eyes. Uh, the following morning, Dahl was visited by a man in a black suit. They went to a local diner. And it was just one man. So, it was a man in black. Man in black. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was Johnny Cash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said- Starts with one. Hello, doll. I'm Johnny Cash. <laughs> Let's go to the diner. <laughs> Tell me about this alien. You ain't seen nothing. <laughs> uh, so, they go to this local diner. The man in black takes him there, Johnny Cash himself. Quite generous. And uh, the man in black recounts in spot-on detail to Dahl- what Dahl had just experienced. He said, I know what happened to you yesterday. You saw some donuts in the sky. Your dog got hit. It's dead. Your son got hit on the arm. He told him all the details. And then he said, what I have said is proof to you that I know a great deal more about this experience of yours than you will want to believe. (laughs) Uh, Dahl was told not to speak of the incident and told that if he did, bad things would happen. Damn. I mean- there's a different method. Usually, I imagine that they go to them, you didn't see anything, but he's gone, you did see something, yeah. and this is what you saw. <laughs> yeah. And now don't tell anyone. <laughs> and, and, and I know so much, I probably did it. Yeah. <laughs> I was probably trying to yeah. kill your dog. Yeah, that's right. It does feel like it's like, have no doubt that it happened. 
Yeah, this definitely. This is. You were real. probably questioning what you saw yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Let me well, tell you, you what. It is. Yeah. <laughs> you were trying to find some kind of explanation. Well, there isn't one. Yeah. You might be feeling a little crazy right now. You're not. Yeah. You should tell everyone. This is a big deal. Yeah. There were but- actual donuts. <laughs> don't do that. Sablich uh, continues saying the supposed events of Maury Island have continued to fuel conspiracy theories to this day. In particular, the mention of the man in bl- and the black suit which would evolve into a key obsession for UFO enthusiasts and spread into American popular culture as the men in black. So great, but also, like, men wearing black suits, particularly in that era, I imagine that that's not that uncommon. Yeah, even, Mm. like, yeah, even probably until, like, not that long ago where you'll get all sorts of coloured suits. Yeah, And maybe in the 60s they probably did as well. But I would imagine there were a lot of times in... Mm. Where a guy would have one suit and it'd be a black suit. It's a black suit. suit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was it was it was black reserved for funerals. Oh. And then maybe it was more like grey and brown. You know. I don't oh know. yeah. No. Yeah. Good point. So maybe, but maybe that's the perfect. That's the perfect like you know uh, cover because then you see a guy in a black suit. You go, I won't bother him. Yeah. He's probably on his he's way probably there. bereaving. Exactly. He's probably <laughs> having a bereavement right yeah. now. Yeah. He's probably a bereaver. He's a bereaver. Hey, you bereaving? Yeah. I'm a bereaver. Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bereaver. And then I, I saw her face. <laughs> it was dead. Now I'm it was a bereaver. An open I just, I drove past a, a funeral yesterday and it made me think, you know, that is the thing. You wear black to a funeral. Mm. What about the white, like, this was a white lady's funeral. Yeah. So, they're all out there in their, you know, these spotless white outfits. Mm. It's like a kick in the teeth, isn't it? it is they want to stand out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in charge of the funeral? We are. Yeah. yeah. The funeral home business is is brutal and you got you to gotta be able to stand out and being a white lady- Really helps. It's a, yeah, it's an odd one. White lady funerals. Wow, that's, that's big here. Is that an international thing? Or is no, that, that's no, just I've, one of ours. I've, I've heard. I've heard of um, comedians coming here. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, being like, "What the fuck?" Okay. <laughs> white lady. Funeral. Think about it. My grandmother, who was a white lady, had a funeral with white lady funerals. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I guess. Exactly. Target market. Yeah. <laughs> so it's weird when you think it, about it. So it's a, it's a the kind of joke that. American or English Canadians come over and say, similar to the, and you've got your pre- your prime minister died drowning, and then you named a pool after him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They love that one too. Yeah. There's so many cafes, and uh, <laughs> I think that I do pretty well in an alleyway here. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's good stuff. And oh. then, but then they get, but honestly, you got great coffee here. Yeah. Round of applause. <laughs> you. Yes. yes. Thanks yes. so much. Thank you. I was told to say this. <laughs> Uh, okay, anyway, so Men in Black. Well, Man in Black so far. Uh, but then we had a guy called Kenneth Arnold, and around the same time, it was only three days later after the Maury Island uh, incident, this guy who was a pilot uh, also had a UFO sighting. This was on June the 24th, 1947, near Mount Rainier, Washington. And according to Sablish, even though it was three days later, it was the first widely reported sighting, and it kicked off saucer sensation. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Arnold was contacted by a Chicago magazine editor. So, Dahl apparently went to this Chicago magazine trying to sell the story, and the Chicago magazine editor's like, well, I know that uh, this guy, Kenneth Arnold, has seen one, so I'll call him to corroborate the story. And then once Arnold got contacted, he- 
in turn invited two army intelligence officers to help investigate Dahl and Chrisman's claim. And then uh, in July of 1947, the two army intelligence officers came to interview Dahl in an effort to gather information. After leaving, though, in their B-25 the next day, the plane caught fire and crashed. Whoa. Killing both officers and doing nothing to quiet UFO conspiracists. Wait, so even even insiders, military insiders, mm. uh, have been- uh, let's, let's, let's not uh, sugarcoat this. Killed off. Sugar. <laughs> let's not sugarcoat <laughs> this. Water. Sugarcoated in water. <laughs> Harrison Ford. <laughs> He was originally up for the role yeah. of the farmer. Yeah. I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> and sugarcoat, all right? Give me back my son. No, that's, 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 Mel. that's Mel Gibson, sorry. <laughs> that's Harrison auditioning for Mel. He'd be in a white, white lady funeral. Oh, yeah. um, no, so they ask you, so the Dahl's not killed off, but the no. army officers are. Yes, the two yeah. army officers who are asking questions about it. So do we think there's possibly that Dahl took them out? Uh, oh. I mean, I'm just I'm just giving you the facts. Yeah, <laughs> what what you do with those? Yeah. that's up to you. So so I mean, but they crashed in like a just like a, a military aircraft. Yes, yeah, which are known for often like it's one of the most crashed planes of all right. of all yeah, time. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm probably they're, more during wartime, but yeah, like it's weird they they often get shot down. Yeah, which happens <laughs> quite rarely to yeah. like commercial airliners. That's true. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why people have so. They have it in so so much for uh, military aircraft. Yeah. What have they ever done? Yeah. That's a good question. I don't know. Worth People's- asking here today. I appreciate you doing that. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> According to Jacob Gears, and I think depending on some of the articles I'm quoting from are clearly, you know, sort of middle down the road mainstream articles that are just like these things happen. Gears is more of a believer, I think. Anyway, he wrote an article yeah. for Thought Catalog. Oh, sure. And he said, Dahl's story definitely got the attention of various law enforcement agencies in the United States, leading the FBI to rep- uh, write a report on the matter. So, he's like, <laughs> you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. Are the FBI reporting on something that is just fanciful? I'm not saying either way, but sure. just giving you the facts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from what I could figure out, the FBI investigated the incident. However, the findings of the FBI report were not particularly detailed or conclusive. The investigation primarily focused on the deaths of the two military officers and the possibility of the sighting being a hoax. They determined that there were inconsistencies in the accounts of of Harold Dahl and Fred Crisman, leading to doubts about the credibility of their story. In a memo, though, they didn't conclude definitively whether the incident was a legitimate UFO sighting or a hoax, but they recommended no further FBI involvement in the matter. Sure. So, I mean, I guess if you went to the to the site, uh, there's the possibility of whatever the aircraft is that f- f- fell. Now, we, ha- we haven't heard anybody mention no. <laughs> what they've found or not found there. Yes. But then apart from that, if that's gone, then you're looking around, you're looking at the sky, you're going, well, there's nothing up in the sky now. Mm. So, it's it's a really hard- Yeah. You know, what do you if, do? Yeah. If the, sh- if, the v- if the vehicle's gone, then you really don't have much. Yeah. What about the dog? You know, you look inside the dog, it's probably something in there, some debris. Yeah. What yeah. killed the dog? Yeah. Or yeah, if, could- the, if the debris was raining down, mm. I mean, it was on a lake, maybe it, it scattered sure. in the water and they couldn't find it. Yeah, water. Would it- <laughs> Sugar, <laughs> debris, in water. Water. What about that kid's arm? Everyone yeah. would have. Everyone listening would have seen the original Men in Black would understand that reference you're doing. I hope. I hope. <laughs> because otherwise it's baffling. It's one of my favorite <laughs> scenes of anything in any film. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a great performance. Yeah. Because oh. he's sort of like trying to- His face doesn't quite fit in properly. He's trying to- yeah. It's just- like, like It's fantastic and, stuff. And his wife is just like- Edgar, your skin is <laughs> yeah. hanging off your bones. She's yeah. really good. She, she has like little roles in a bunch of things. She's always very funny yeah. if I'm thinking of the right person. Yeah, 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 you are thinking about the right person. And I just want that, their story yeah. to be its own movie. Yeah, yeah. Especially as he kind of goes off and he tries to hunt down the M- MIB guys or whatever. But <laughs> oh, I want more of that. Yeah, give us more. And the water. If you're listening, David Schwimmer, and Maybe. I assume you're still involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He didn't sign off to play a role, but he did get residuals yeah, or something. He got some points on he the back end. He got points on the back end, yeah. I don't want to roll, but I do want some points on that back end. <laughs> uh, according to Gears, Dahl and Chrisman later said the incident was, in fact, a hoax. <laughs> what? <laughs> but, but, but. Which one? The, the donut guy. The one with the dogs and the donuts. What killed the dog? But did he go out and kill his dog oh and, my and injure his kid's arm? And he's yeah, he covered he's covered up the story. Anyway, it's a prank, guys. Have you ever prank. heard of a prank? No, but then uh, after that, he recanted uh, years later, saying he made the first confession under duress. The, the confer- ma- confession of it being a hoax. Okay, right. So he said, "I only said it was a hoax because the man in black made me." Basically. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. Yeah. I don't feel like yeah. this one goes up a fair way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not, not saying necessarily all the way to the top, but it feels yeah. like it's up in that sort of similar echelon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, at, yeah, yeah. at what <laughs> point do you reckon the president is being briefed about these things? Yeah, yeah. it's got to be around this time. Yeah. How, how many years after? Was this years after? Years after. That he said it was a hoax? Uh, or- I, th- I think it wasn't too long after he said it was a hoax, but then okay. it was many years after that. Yeah. Right. Was this probably around 1997 when he was trying to get some points on the back yeah. end of the Men in Black film? Mm. He wanted this, some I points on the front movie. end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the Maury Island incident was little known until it was published in Barker's book. You know, that book about with that long name, something like they knew too much about the flying yep. saucer. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, but it's now seen as a very important incident, uh, at least to the, you know, the true believers. Sure. Um, and this is true for another tale. This is another one of the big ones. This one involves a man named Albert K. Bender. Oh. Which is a fantastic name. Yeah, K. Bender. <laughs> K. Bender. Agent K? A.K. Bender. Hey, a special K. Special K. Bender, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, De- Gears calls him a doctor, uh, but he doesn't <laughs> seem to be called a doctor anywhere else. But he, uh, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's just man. my nickname for him. All right, call him a doctor. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, a, a, doctor. like a friend, a family friend. You get your kids to call him like- uh, Uncle? Yeah, yeah. Same thing. Sometimes if somebody's just, just kind of good, good enough to you, yeah, yeah. you can just call them doctor. <laughs> yeah, well, it's our family's doctor. Yeah. Uh, back to Harvey. In 1952, Albert Bender created an organization known as the International Flying Saucer Bureau, a short-lived project mostly known for the magazine it published called Space Review. Oh, I love that. I like it. If you're going to start a new magazine, you don't want to like corner yourself in too tightly where you're like, I'm going to run out of- Things to say in future issues. Yeah, yeah. Space review. Yeah. You could talk about planets, yeah. stars, space, but also just like areas within rooms. Yeah. Oh, this is a beautiful space. Yeah. <laughs> I could morph into a thing where he just goes around at people's places. Mm. Oh, what a what a lovely space. Yeah. If if it yeah, if he's in danger of like collapsing, he can turn it into an architectural, you know, yeah. in, in, interior decorating kind of place. So many, make. so many options. Yeah. At least those two. Yeah. Uh, according to Gears, Bender was a well-written and extremely intelligent researcher. So, Gears is definitely, like, building up his um, credentials mm. as a 
a reliable witness. In 1955, his research was about to yield serious fruit as he prepared to unveil a paper that would prove the US government had, to one degree or another, covered up proof of UFOs. He planned to publish his findings in the Space Review. That was until he was visited by the men in black. <gasps> wow. Goodness. Bender claims that three men dressed in all black. They've got three now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> the budget, been- their budget's gone right up. <laughs> yeah, they've been recruiting. I I mean, I don't. this is probably in poor taste, but I, and I'm just thinking about it now, but what if those two army guys didn't really die, mm. but they had their deaths faked because they were- Recruited into the oh, Men in Black, great. that's right, and that may, makes up the three. Of course, you got to say goodbye to your old life. I mean, this is simple math, and it mm. kind of works out actually. And I got to say, I'm not, I'm not saying that's a yes or no. I'm just giving you the facts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, but it kind of already like it. It yeah. almost seems yeah illogical to not think that. Yeah, yeah. I think so. <laughs> Was it Occam's razor the most you know eliminate everything else? Exactly. It's the most likely thing. Exactly. Yeah, Occam would believe. Yeah. Dr. Ockham, I if Ockham. If Ockham was here. If Dr. Ockham was here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he reckons there were three men dressed in black and they visited him at his home and warned him against pursuing the topic of UFOs any further. And he's like, move into architecture. Come and have a look at my my lounge. Yeah. It's a beautiful you space. Could, you could t- get a photographer, take some beautiful photos. Okay. My wife set it up in a very nice way. <laughs> And, yeah, Gears says, the men left Bender scared for his life and he immediately shut down all his research and the Flying Saucer Bureau straight away. really scared him. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think two of the guys in the Men in Black had really burnt skin and stuff like that? Oh, Maybe they also actually did go through the crash. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. you reckon? (laughs) It's the the most believable way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's true. So, yeah, this is is what Gears, who I think is a believer, he, he says- that's how it happened. That he was about to crack this thing wide open. Oh, no. The men in black came. He got so scared he shut it all down. He's like, I know you guys cover stuff up, but I didn't think you'd cover it up with me. Yeah. yeah. This is a real surprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Benjamin Radford, writing for Live Science, on the other hand, suggests that the fact that it shut down around this time uh, might have been for a different reason, saying- he offered no evidence of his encounter, and cynics noted that the magazine was losing money and likely would shut down soon anyway. Ah, uh, okay. Sure. He, he's saying, I don't think he thought about that architectural angle. Yeah, right. I think that's what- <laughs> that's, Yeah, that's what- That's what Radford's saying. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. yeah. So, so on one side, people are saying it's true. He got shut down. He was, he was right on to it. And other people are saying- that magazine was not making any money. <laughs> he was tanking. Sure. He was in a lot I mean, of trouble. This would have been a really big episode, a big like, you know, uh, what's it? What are magazine episodes called? They're called- Editions. Uh, edition. This would have been a, the, probably the, the edition that could have saved yes. the mag. Could have. Do you think it could have been a bumper edition? I would say bumper. Mm. He could have had a centerfold. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, oh. of like, you know, government documents that prove- Yeah, uh, yeah. Right, sexy government documents. Sexy government documents that allow you to cry and feel joy. <laughs> Um, uh, speaking of sexy government uh, operatives, um, I've been uh, listening to the audiobooks of the 90s X-Files novels, and the uh, third one's changed author, and he's uh, started describing women in uh, <laughs> their physical ab- attributes a lot more. Yeah, wow, right. really? That's <laughs> like a real noticeable change. I'm only in the first <laughs> couple of chapters, but he's just like, every, every, yeah, it's, it's amazing how much like a- a scientist in this room, you know, how, how much he describes what she's wearing and stuff. <laughs> the white lab coat. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, that was a beautiful description of somebody's body. <laughs> and, uh, uh, <laughs> the, the last thing I heard last night was that she crossed her arms across her small breasts. Oh, like, okay. like, you probably just assume around where an arm might be crossed. Yeah. <laughs> Has anything spooky happened yet? Uh, yeah, a guy, a guy um, there was some sort of a nuclear fire, but it was mysterious. Nuclear oh. fire? Well, yeah, he was doing nuclear research. Yeah. Am I saying that right? Yeah, uh, yeah, research. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it just it, it burned up and now they're investigating well, how did, that happened. Did, did their sort of suits melt off and they're wearing bikinis underneath or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not on laundry day yeah. when you were- <laughs> I just I wonder if the first author got the ask. They're like, "Come on, come on! What are these gals wearing? Yeah. It's not sexy enough. It's the X Files. Come yeah. on, X triple, the triple X. X. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so this is Bender's story. He says that he was on onto something. It got uncovered. He got scared off. He shut it down. Bender's story caught the attention of Gray Barker, who wrote that book. I knew too much about flying saucers. Mm. Was and he worried? I'd be so worried putting should, it out there. Yeah, he should be gr- worried. Gray Barker does sound like a pen name. Mm. Little Gray Man yeah. Barker. Oh, my Barker. gosh. It was. He's an alien. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Then uh, Barker, the author, was the one that connected the dots between the one man in black who Dahl uh, was out with at the diner and the three men in black who visited Bender. He's like, they're all men. They're all dressed in black. Wow. This mm-hmm. it, Could this be a secret organization? And, uh, yeah, and that effectively created the idea of the men in black and then brought it to the public's attention in those, his writing. Those two events. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And we don't know whether or not they were all just bereavers. Yeah, that's right. You know, it could have just been a coincidence that yeah. the cops, you know, because probably cops lose probably more. There's probably a big higher turnover of any uh, industry. You know, FBI, do they wear black suits? Yeah, I think they I think do. They wear black. Oh, my, oh my God. God. <laughs> they all, they're all men in black? Yeah, I, I think mean, so. they could just be FBI agents. Yeah, well, that's what some people think. That they're like just like a, a more secretive FBI. But maybe they're not even that secretive. <laughs> <laughs> Hiding in plain sight, you yeah, reckon? Yeah. That's clever. Exactly. Uh, according to Harvey, in his book, Barker recounted Bender's experience describing the men as in black as, quote, three men in black suits with threatening expressions on their faces. Boo. <laughs> 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 three men who walk in on you and make certain demands. Mm. Three oh. men who know that you know what the sources really are. As and- in flying sources, not the yeah, people yeah. who give them information. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, give me your source. Source or saucer? <laughs> Which one do you want? Yeah. This is confusing. I mean, in this case, his source is the saucer. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Um, to you, then they're, they're not- um, Yeah, th- those words sound don't, don't sound like- What's the yeah. word for sound alike? S- sound alike. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sound alike. Sa- saucer and saucer. Yes. Saucer and sources. Sources. Uh, and yeah. Sources, sources and saucers. and saucers. No, wait. No. I'm now, I'm, now I'm saying sauces. <laughs> How do you say sausages? Okay. Sausages. Sausages. Sauces. Go on sausages. Yes. Right? Then there's saucers. Yes. Which and you then put the sausages on yeah, with the sauce. With the sauce. Yeah. And then there's sources, which is the farmer, uh, the butcher. Yes. Where you got these uh, sausages from. And the crockeryist, where you got the sa- that, saucer from. That's right. The crockeryist. <laughs> the crockeryist. Is that the word you use in that's Canada? That's how, how we use that. <laughs> well, I think that's cleared things up. I'm going to have to go to the crockeryist. <laughs> <laughs> I've dropped another plate. 
Some have said that Bender never recovered after his meeting with the men in black. As Gears writes, many people who knew him claim that Bender was a changed man after his encounter. His later works were rambly, almost unreadable, and he seemed to live his life in constant anxiety and terror. Oh, jeez. Not nice. Uh, I mean, he did talk about it a lot for a guy who seemed to be terrified or whatever. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I guess that's okay. He kept writing. Yeah, he, I think there was a little bit of time in between after he shut down the magazine mm. and then he, he ended up writing a book uh, about 10 years later about it. Um, but, yeah, apparently it was quite rambly. Uh, according to Radford, in 1962, Bender wrote a rambling book elaborating on his experience and suggesting that his mysterious visitors may have been extraterrestrials who didn't want their existence known. The men in black were not alone. According to Bender's account... They were accompanied by three beautiful women dressed in tight white uniforms. <laughs> I forgot about that. Bit. Let's, hear, let's hear a bit more about wait, these uniforms. Wait, wait, wait. White lady funerals? <laughs> <laughs> Sexy white lady funerals. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. There's no more mention of that, but it's just a funny thing that he's written that in. So, as- three agents in black and then three women yeah, in white? In white, yeah. White ladies, there you go. <laughs> were these men all getting married? <laughs> They're looking for a celebrant. Yeah, he was in Vegas. Yeah. Elvis was there. Yeah. Or yeah, well, they, yeah, weddings. Or they could have been three bereavers at a white lady's funeral. Yeah, <laughs> wow, each with their own private white lady. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, this is all like you know, a rambling novel. Obviously, you know, doesn't always mean that your mind is a mess. It could also just mean you haven't. Got an editor. Yeah. Getting yourself <laughs> publishing a book. And, and you just got you got a lot of stuff to get out. Yeah, well maybe they the just don't get it. Maybe it's like stream mm. of consciousness kind exactly. of thing. Do you, do you want to hear a little bit from of his writings? I would I'd love that. Here's, a, here's a quick paragraph. This is about the men in black. Sure. So yeah, so you sh- I get I'll talk about it a bit more later, but there are people who think they're just like like an FBI secret agency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Others think they're aliens themselves. Sure. And it sounds like Bender sits in that ladder camp. Yeah. Writing, they floated about a foot off the floor. They looked like clergymen. Oh, my God, this makes more sense for the funeral again. Yeah. Uh, but wore hats similar to Homburg style, which I don't know what that means. I should look that up. Ooh. Have you heard of Homburg style hats? No, but I'm intrigued. I didn't know they had hats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're sort of like just an old timey hat. A Homburg is a semi-formal oh, yeah. hat of fur felt characterized by a single dent running down the center of the crown in brackets called a gutter crown. Oh. They're kind of just like a fedora. Yeah, it looks like a fedora to me, but yeah, it's they're pretty good. The poster boy is uh, seems to be Winston Churchill. This makes uh, them yes. seem less scary. It look, makes them <laughs> like a hat like that. But they're floating know. a foot off the ground. Yeah, well, that that's, foot off the ground thing that's is- That's scary, but the hat does seem a little bit silly. Yeah. The faces, he continues, the faces were not clearly discernible for the hats partly hid and shaded them, which is what a good hat does. Mm. Uh, The eyes of all three figures suddenly lit up like flashlight bulbs. They seemed to burn into my very soul as the pains above my eyes became almost unbearable. Sure. I guess where my theory about the no editor thing falls down now is that some of these sort of feel like really different facts to uh, what he said earlier, where he's like, three guys came and visited me. But now he's like, three guys, by the way, they were hovering and their eyes were like flashlights. Mm. Yeah. And then um, the bit above my eyes hurt. Do you mean your eyebrows? Like, what's going yeah. on? 
Were you sore eyebrows, sir? <laughs> That's how my brows are on fire. <laughs> Imagine that. Like you, maybe you're just so surprised. Imagine if you could just li- keep lifting your eyebrows so high that it, you dislocate your eyebrows. <laughs> oh my gosh! And then you got to get someone to sort of snap them back into place. Yeah, you got to get like a- <laughs> someone comes in and says, "Oh my god, your eyebrows are on fire!" You're like, "Oh, thank you so much." Yeah. No, they're on fire. <laughs> <laughs> And that's where the expression on fleek, <laughs> on fleek eyebrows yes, came right. from. But it's uh, from the French word for fire. Uh, feu. <laughs> is that true? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's the French. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get it close to where fleek. Where does the leak yeah, come yeah. from? Well, you know. Uh, that was someone trying to put them out. That was some, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, many see the stories of men in black as proof that aliens do exist, right? Why would there be men in black? If sure. aliens didn't exist. <laughs> also, they are aliens. Yeah, yeah. If these aliens exist, aliens exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Hmm? As Radford writes, the men in black idea was accepted by many in the conspiracy-prone UFO community, partly because it seemed to legitimise the truth of eyewitness reports. No matter how outlandish their story, if an eyewitness credibly claimed that he or she had been threatened, the story seemed more plausible. After all, if the story was bogus, why would the government take an interest in the eyewitnesses? much less to try to silence them. Great question. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also, were they living during a time when, like, mental health kind of, uh, you know, facilities had the right to just basically imprison anybody who was insane? Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, there was a lot more of that kind of back in those days. I don't know if if that's the case, but imagine they just go, if you keep rambling like this fucking bullshit, we're going to lock you up. Yeah. And they might have been men in in coats they could have been in white because i mean i love the, those nurses and stuff like yeah. that always look like they might white. have been the white ladies could have been the white ladies they were just nurses yeah and then the guys were the guy who run it okay mm. not a bad conspiracy theory yeah you're come sounding on. a little bit cuckoo damn <laughs> i'm trying to it's working uh here's another interesting story about a run-in with the men in black this one occurs in 1961 and i should say that while there are quite a few mentions of this story online uh, none of them are from any sort of mainstream media. Sure. Uh, this one comes from the website. And I mean, who am I to say this isn't a mainstream media website? UFOinsight.com. Okay. And the writer is Marcus Loth. Marcus writes. Is that Loth or Louth? It could be Louth. Mm. <laughs> it's probably Louth. Uh, Louth writes, <laughs> perhaps one of the most intriguing experiences with the men in black is that of Paul Miller in North Dakota in November of 1961. On the night in question, Miller and three friends were were returning home following a hunting trip. As they drove along the road on their way home, they noticed a strange object appeared overhead and land in a field at the roadside. As they slowed their vehicle and watched the object, at first thinking it was a plane crashing to the ground, they were all astounded to witness the object vanish into thin air. They drove off contemplating the bizarre scene they had just witnessed when the object suddenly appeared once more. This time, however, two humanoids would step from the object. With their vehicle now brought completely to a stop, Miller stepped out and aimed his gun at the strange figures. (laughs) (laughs) We gotta shoot it! (laughs) Firing once and appearing to wound one of them. At that point, however, with fear rising in them, the four men fled from the scene. It was only when they were approaching their hometown that they began to realise that they had lost around three hours of time. This is the thing that comes up a lot. Mm. 
At least it did on the X-Files. Yeah, yeah. But I think in a lot of stories, you, all of a sudden, the time has jumped forward. Although they attempted to make sense of the events among themselves, they agreed not to report the incident and not to speak to anyone outside of their group about it. Yeah, we're not going to tell the cops that we shot someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that probably makes sense. Yeah, we shot a humanoid. Probably a human. Possibly a human. Unprovoked. <laughs> 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 Hey, no, they were approaching. Oh, yeah, they were, they were walking towards you, probably on their own land. <laughs> they were across a field. They cut out of an object, a tractor. <laughs> the following day, however, things took a strange turn. Miller worked in an office for the Air Force. The following day, despite a persistent uneasy feeling about the events of the previous evening, he arrived at work as normal. Not long after, however, three strange men dressed in black suits and ties <gasps> arrived asking to speak with him. Mm. They would claim to be from the government. However, when Miller asked for identification, they simply ignored his request. Uh, look, look over there. <laughs> How's your day? I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, good. Lovely weather. <laughs> yes. oh. Anyway. Uh, oh, my shoe was undone. <laughs> They end up, like, just, yeah, trying to cover up the question so much that they leave. Anyway, got to go. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. So, yeah, they ignore his request. And then uh, it was stated to him that they, quote, hoped he was telling the truth about the UFO sighting. And that sent a chill down his spine. Not least, as he couldn't understand how they even knew he had seen anything strange. As an answer to his question, they simply claimed... They had a report, quote. He's like, well, I haven't told anyone about this. We all agreed we wouldn't tell anyone about this. To me, I'll, if I was him, I'd be like, Greg. Yeah. He put you up to this, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he is, right. uh, what a joke, sir. That is good. Uh, but no, he didn't seem to. He's just like, who are these people? Again, but it's not that threatening. He's like, I hope you're telling the truth about this. Yeah. Which he also hadn't said anything about it, right? Oh, Okay. But you, you've probably forgotten, uh, I was mentioned before, but they had intimidating looks on their faces. Oh, yeah. yeah. In a previous encounter, you can only assume they maintain those looks. <laughs> yeah. Look, they've you know a much more practiced look. Yeah. Now. By the way, can I just mention that I absolutely love this shit? Like, <laughs> like, I could consume stuff like this all the time just because I would love this to be true you, so Would you much. say you want to believe? I <laughs> want to believe a tremendous I'm r- amount. Right there with you. Um, and, I don't know, Mulder. <laughs> yeah. And it's just that I can't, I can't get the can't logic the leap. in my head to make it work. Mm. Just the, that, that anything could cross the vast uninhabitable uh, uh, vacuum of space and make it here. And so, Every other, it makes every other explanation seem more likely to me. That's a, but I want it to be true. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, definitely uh, want to believe. <laughs> and I think the truth is out there. Yeah, where, where and it might you? even be in here. Oh, it could be in the report. You could be right yeah. here. And don't forget, trust no one. Yes. Oh yeah, that's my password. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally Mulder's password. You watch him type it in. Trust no one. That's so very good. funny. Uh, we're still on this uh, report from Louth or Loth. Yeah. And so the three guys have shown up. Yes. Hi, I hope you're telling the truth. And they said, he's like, how would, how'd you know about this? We have a report. Mm, uh, and then Miller realized the men were serious when they quote, seem to know everything about me, where I worked, my name, everything else. I mean, <laughs> they were at his work. <laughs> yeah. They'd asked him by name. <laughs> They're already there. 
Yeah. Wait, you know my name? <laughs> Do you know where I work? Mate, we're here right now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to- I love the trail off to everything else. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> everything. They know where my desk is at work. <laughs> my desk, they know what I'm wearing today. <laughs> uh, even more intimidating were several questions they asked concerning the incident the previous evening where it was perfectly obvious to Miller that they knew the answers and would consequently know if he was lying. It would be several years before Miller would report the incident to the UFO investigators. He took them seriously and mm. only only a, a, quite a while later said, by the way, guys. Which is a shame because people will often be like, oh, yeah, you know, memories are mm. fallible. Yeah. Or infallible. Fallible. Uh, and when you say the UFO investigators, you mean like one of these people writing the books and that kind of thing? Yeah, I guess he went to the community. Yeah, okay, sure. The, the believers. Yeah. yeah. Which Al wants to be. I want to be one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be a believer, not a bereaver. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't only Americans who received visits from the men in black. Apparently, it was all around the world. What? Uh, Here's an example from 1964 in the north of England. Right. Another exotic place. Mm. (laughs) This is about a fireman named Jim Templeton. And his story began when he took his family out for a day trip to a marsh. Mm. (laughs) Hey, kids, we're going to go to the marsh. Yay! Woo! <laughs> I think, yeah, this is like a picnic spot or whatever. Yeah. Overlooking a beautiful bit of water. Yeah. I think it sounds nice. Marsh isn't the best. Marsh hasn't yeah. really sold it. No. Marsh always sounds like wet land. Yeah. Like, we're going to cross the moor. I've never yeah. been there, but apparently Bacchus, Bacchus Marsh is beautiful, right? Really? But it, the name is not. No. Bacchus no. Marsh. Bacchus Marsh. Bacchus Marsh. Yeah. Is Marsh like a swamp? Yeah, it is. Like, yeah, it's a wetlands. It's a wetland. So, it's kind of like just like thin- it's like a thin cover of water over mud. Yeah, it does sound muddy, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, it feels like it would be good if you were like an amphibian. <laughs> uh, an area of low-lying land, fun to say, which is flooded in wet seasons or at high tide and typically remains waterlogged at all times. Yeah, great. Let's go down and have a look at the marsh. Am I wrong in saying Bacchus Marsh is meant to be nice? Sure. I mean, I've heard nothing but good things. Okay, great. For me, just I think there's like there's some people with nice big blocks of land out there, bit of bush. Yeah. Bacchus Marsh. Fantastic. Um, so, yeah, the BBC uh, took on this story and wrote about it a few times, but this is uh, in uh, more recent times. And he told the BBC in an interview, We went out on a normal outing and picked our spot. We sat down and I said to my daughter, Now I'll get some photos of you with the new dress on. And I never expected this to happen. Uh-oh. She said, fuck you, Dad. <laughs> she said, Dad, this isn't a new dress. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're losing it, Dad. I've had this for six months. <laughs> what do you call new? <laughs> it's a, I guess it's a bit of a spectrum and it's all relative. <laughs> and she had this big meltdown. Sure, yeah. She's like, what? what is life? <laughs> oh, man, Why I'm- was I created? <laughs> <laughs> having a meltdown on the marsh. <laughs> Uh, Martian. Is that anything? Oh, I think it is. Yeah, that's really <laughs> that good. That is very important. Bacchus Martian. <laughs> the Bacchus Martian. <laughs> so, anyway, when he said he never expected this to happen, the this he was re- referring to was uh, when he went and got the photos developed- you know, quite a while later, mm. this is what he saw. Look at the figure behind his daughter. 
Oh, wow. It does look like someone. Is that someone in a space suit of some description? It does look a bit like someone in a space suit. That person in or that figure is now known as the Solway Spaceman. <gasps> it looks a bit like for people at home. It looks a bit like if you've seen Top Gear. It looks a bit like the Stig. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Solway Stig Man. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. It also just looks like a like a. What are they called? A, 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 not a hamzat suit, but a- Hazmat. 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 Yes. Hamza is a You wrestler. two hazmat right now. Yeah. You hazmat's attention. I, I, I can hazmat. <laughs> you can hazmat whenever you want. This is, I'm a cat who's is done eating cheeseburgers. Yeah. I just wants a pat from Matt. I mean, and I am looking at the photo now on my own screen. There is a bit of cloud cover behind her as well. Is it possible that this is just some sort of cloud? You think that's a cloud? Yeah, I mean, it could be. Who knows? But he said there was no one else really around. Yeah. There was no one back there. There are no spacemen. Um, so, this is how uh, the BBC described it. A white suit, a helmet, a dark visor. Mr. Templeton, they believed, had photographed a spaceman. <laughs> Uh, this is this is in the yeah. ufologist community. That's what they they believe. Yeah. It, for this to be real, for the scale, the spaceman would have to be the size of a skyscraper, right? Ooh. He looks huge. Yeah, he's in the distance, but then popping up. Yeah, we don't. I don't think we know how big spacemen are. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't think we can know. But we're thinking that maybe he was. He had some kind of invisibility cloak. Yeah. But, but it, it somehow the camera was able to see through it. Yeah. Um. He, obviously, an alien who can't breathe oxygen mm-hmm. and can't be exposed to sense. our air if it's one of the ones from the signs movie oh, you know yeah. they can't be exposed to liquid water right which there would be in in the atmosphere <laughs> liquid sugar in water <laughs> <laughs> um you know they they would they would have to wear a suit technically those signs aliens because there was moisture in the air that would burn them up right um, it would be the odds are that uh you know a spaceman yeah. Alien or a, a Bacchus Martian yeah. traveled so far across galaxies, etc. Mm-hmm. Arrived here. Chances are, probably there'd be something here that wouldn't jive with them. That's true. I mean, I don't think we would probably be able to survive on any other planet mm. unless it had the exact composition, yeah, of uh, of our atmosphere and Earth and stuff like that. On sliders, a, a yeah. '90s show, they'd slide through uh, different dimensions. Mm. And uh, you know, because the you know the, the multiverse and all that sort of sure, stuff. Sure, 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 sure. And uh, they they were searching for Jerry O'Connell's home planet. That was yeah. sort of the thing. And one time they found it. And everything was. Uh, he finally found his own home. But on the way, they they sort of picked up a bit of a ragtag band as he went around. And they, you know, the of other Jerry bigger. O'Connells. No, or? just of other other people also were sliding, okay. looking for their own place or whatever. He finally finds his own home planet. Our, I assume, our planet. And our dimension. But one of his friends, one of his travellers, can't breathe the air here. And she's dying. So, he has to make the split-second decision to slide again. Oh, my God. And they don't decide where you slide. Oh. Isn't that heartbreaking? He has to slide away. He He had to slide away. He couldn't have let her go with the ragtag team. Can he throw her through the slide? He should have thrown her through the slide and said, this is the whole thing I've been trying to do. I can't (laughs) remember. This is only a vague memory. I might be making it up. Oh, man. I actually really want to watch that TV series. Yeah. Imagine- My favorite. Yeah. And I've mentioned that on this show before. My favorite one, because you know that, you know, it wouldn't have been a huge budget show and sci-fi mm. can cost a bit. Sure. Especially when you need a new <laughs> yeah, reality yeah. every week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, one time, everything was exactly the same as Earth, only the women had goatees. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he's like, it's not the same. I can't possibly live here. <laughs> I um, think I would have been like that close enough. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Well, that was like Homer on the that Halloween episode of The Simpsons yeah. where he's like, I think, yeah, everyone, everything was the same, only the family ate with uh, long lizard tongues. Sure. He's like, yeah, yeah close enough. <laughs> um, all right, back to the BBC article. Other than his wife, Annie, so this is uh, uh, the wife of uh, Jim Templeton, the fireman. Um. Other than his wife, Annie, and two pensioners sat in a car, the Carlisle fireman maintained he had not seen anyone else that day at Burr... I think it's Borough Marsh, B-U-R-G-H. They say Burr like Borough over there, don't they? Or sure. Burr yeah. or Borough Marsh, yeah. which o- overlooked the Solway Firth in Cumbria. That's where it gets its name, the Solway Spaceman. Ah, oh, yes. It was, he said, only when the chemist who pro- uh, processed his pictures pointed out the shot had been spoiled by a figure that he realised there had been somebody <laughs> or someone else the present. Cam's chem- like, oh, sorry. A spaceman seems to have wrecked your lovely photo. <laughs> you got a bonehead there in the oh, back. Got bloody doing, little pro- doing bunnies over your daughter's dress. Oh, oh no. <laughs> spaceman. Oh, piss off. Anyway, I was going through all your photos. <laughs> yeah, I go through them all. This one's ruined. Oh, no. I'll put it in the bin. I'm yeah. looking at all the photos of your daughter. <laughs> uh, and you're uh, a chemist? Yeah. <laughs> what, a weird, what a weird time mm. that would have been. Yeah. I think- St- Still is to me. Because you could do it- When I was a kid, you could do it in more shops than just the chemist. It's true. There was cameras. Sometimes even yeah, f- photo-, photo pl- Supermarkets shops. would do it. Yep. Sometimes you can just send away. Yeah, take it to a lab, like a you know, like like one of those dark kitchens, but for photos. I think it probably makes more. It's probably that's weirder. Like you're sending it away to a faceless person to look at your daughter, yeah. rather than yeah, <laughs> you Just, can look him in the eye, going, yeah. "You're looking at my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> you looking at my daughter and the spaceman. <laughs> that's my spaceman. That's my mate. spaceman, mate. <laughs> and my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more defensive of, of my spaceman, though. He's from another world. He doesn't know his way around. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be taken anyway, in by one him, of your big city chemists. Have him back by nine or else. <laughs> That's a picture of him dating the spaceman. Um, uh, BBC continues. Um, Mr. Templeton took the photo to police in Carlisle, who declared there was nothing out of the ordinary. They're like, it's just a spaceman. <laughs> <laughs> no crime has been committed. It's just a spaceman. <laughs> Um, Do you want me to arrest this spaceman? <laughs> what year was this? 64. 64. So, had had a man walked on the moon at this point? No. Ooh. So, would they, have even, would they have ever seen what a spaceman looked like yeah, at the time? Yeah. Well, there, there were people who were getting involved in it. Yeah, the Apollo, Apollo mission had, had kicked off in the early Yeah, 60s. but there hadn't been- there hadn't been like any space walks at that point. It wouldn't have got like- to the point where they were. You could buy one of these suits at a costume store. No, right? of course I don't think so, so. How did he get it? How did this spaceman get it? Exactly. Oh, mm. very interesting. Mm, very oh, interesting. <gasps> this this really makes it different. It's, it's amazing that the that if it is an alien and that they had the same design <laughs> yes. as the ones that we would have in a, in five years time. Oh, well, you know NASA, right? They're involved in all this they're stuff. Involved. They're, that's where we that's got the where idea we got the from. Design design from. from. But it's funny that they're like, yeah, we know of these uh, aliens who travel light years and light years mm. away. We're going to use their technology to go to the moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we can't use their technology to go anywhere else. No. Because like, we, can't, we, we didn't get the technology to travel very far through space. What we got was 
their spacesuit yeah, design. Pretty snazzy, actually. Yeah. yeah, costume parties were never the same. <laughs> so, so the cops are like, "There's nothing really out of the ordinary," but they they also insinuated it's not a dodgy photo. It's just as it looks. There's a spaceman in your photo. <laughs> Then I took it to Kodak, the film company, and they said the same thing and even offered a reward to anyone who could prove the photo was faked, but that reward was never claimed. And the media frenzy ensued. It came to the attention of the local paper, the Cumberland News. From there, it ran and ran. It was picked up by the Daily Mail and the Express, said Dr. David Clark, an author on UFOs. Is he a real doctor or is that a nickname? I think he's a UFO doctor. No, he's, I think he's a real doctor of some sort. PhD in UFOs. Yeah, yeah. But I think he's a skeptic. Sure. But he's, he's, I think he's like you, probably a skeptic who wants to believe maybe. Sure. Uh, Dr. Clark continues, Some I've put all that onto him, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Maybe he's not skeptical hey, and he does believe. <laughs> we we got to speculate at least we a gotta little spec- bit. We got to speculate. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Clark continues, some people claimed it was a spirit. Others believed Jim or his daughter had psychic powers they had not been aware of. Oh, why didn't I consider that? Come on. <laughs> He's like, it got weirder and weirder. Yeah. People like, the the more people got atten- uh, found out about the story, they're like, oh, I know what that is. <laughs> You've got psychic powers you didn't know about. <laughs> uh, then came a visit from two men in black. What? Who asked to be taken to the spot where the image was taken and referred to each other only as number nine and number 11. <laughs> In a different article, it was number nine and number ten, but it was numbers. I got to tell you, that's a better naming system than J and K or whatever. Yeah, because what's the limit on numbers? Exactly. Infinity. That's the last guy. Agent Infinity. Agent Infinity. And that's, well, I mean, that's the difference between this, which is a a real thing that happened, and the fictionalized version. Exactly. You might see it at cinema. According to Gears, they demanded to see the side of the photo and questioned Templeton about the event. When Templeton told them he didn't see the figure personally, the men became angry and stormed out of the field, never to be seen again. Man, if you're going to storm, a field's the mm. worst place to do it. Yeah. Oh, you got to maintain a storm for so long. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Especially in like a marshy field. Yeah. You're squelching you're getting around. getting bogged down. In- oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Unless- can, you, can you pull me out with the rope? I'm stuck. Yeah. I've lost my gum poop back there. <laughs> someone get it? My sock's all wet. But I'm still angry. <laughs> yes, I'm still storming. The only time it's okay, it's great to storm in a field is if you're a rain cloud, mm. you know? And then, you know, all that, <laughs> all that goddamn, uh, you know, life that you're bringing back, mm. you know, nurturing. With the, with the water. It's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Dr. Clark um, says after speaking, so he spoke directly to Templeton and he said he fully believes Templeton's story, that at least what Templeton's saying is true. He's like, I don't know what's in the photo, but mm. I believe that he hasn't faked the photo. But he did say, I find his men in black story harder to believe. Like he, he reckons sure. he might be fibbing a bit on that. But who, who do we? how do we know what this doctor's- affiliation is is he a man in black oh that's right he could be he could I be mean, a man in we black did, we, we don't see what he's wearing no yeah that's right it doesn't pop off the page and, and do we think that the the men in black is one organization based in america and they're mm. policing the whole world or does england have their own men in black and yeah. everyone's got their own men you know what bl- i mean men in yeah. black international exactly it's international which is the fourth one mm. which you were saying yeah i th- yeah i assume it's men in black international he didn't he didn't, didn't mention them having american accents yeah he didn't say it was 9 yes. 11 and they were american yeah yeah it was what right. oh 9 11 9 <gasps> and 11 oh my god <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> oh my god it's it, all connected 9 and 11 holy shit <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> 
I don't know yeah. if we've stumbled on something here. I'm worried we're going to get a visit tonight. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> oh, you figured out our 9-11 thing, hey? <laughs> don't tell anybody about it. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely real. <laughs> it's definitely involved. I, it's that, I don't know what you're talking about. They storm out. Yeah. <laughs> What's up is meeting in a field just to watch them go. <laughs> I've already posted the episode. God oh. damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh Things got stranger, though, according to Armstrong. Perhaps the strangest turn- or Armstrong writing for the BBC. Perhaps the strangest turn of events was a link to the planned launch site of a Blue Streak missile in Woomera in South Australia. <gasps> Just Woomera. days after Mr. Templeton had taken his photograph, the missile test on the other side of the world was aborted by technicians who reported seeing two men in the firing range. Oh. <gasps> just This is just- Days after Templeton, on the other side of the world, saw a spaceman. (laughs) (laughs) So, there's a spaceman in England. In Australia, there's two men. Yes. (laughs) What are the the odds? Well, he doesn't say what they're dressed in. Wait for it. Wait for the chills are about to hit. Oh, my God. Upon later seeing the Solway spaceman picture on the front page of an Australian newspaper, they were said to be stunned as the figure looked the same as the figures they saw close to the missile. Two spacemen yes. were in were near a rocket launch. Yes. They weren't gonna ride in the rocket, were they? Well maybe they were looking for a they were trying to get a ride. Oh a phone home. Yeah. Go, ride home. Wow. But the what kind of rocket was it were they launching? The blue space missile somewhere? Like That's that? a blue streak missile. Blue streak missile. Do they go into space? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean I have no idea, but But maybe once you do get you up- think the do you think the Solway spaceman knows about Australian rocket technology. Right, they just see a rocket and go, well, that's going yeah. to my house. I mean, he knows enough about it so that he can go and see and, and get the thing. And the other thing is, he didn't- Like, the, the two spacemen didn't get on board the missile. All oh, right, maybe they They might have got there and gone, ah, oh, well, that's oh, not what we look, wanted. pissy little thing. Yeah. This isn't going to get us home. This won't get us home. It's probably not going anywhere. Right. don't even think that would make it to the Earth moon. Yeah. <laughs> I think they can- Maybe they can deliver satellites? Wait. The, the a delivery da missile. Havilland propellers blue streak was a British intermediate range. <gasps> British. <gasps> That's how they got them there. Well. Stowaways. Yes. So, so the other big coincidence, they, they said they looked very similar, but also uh, the blue streak was built at the RF, RAF Spadadum. Spadadum. I don't know what that is. Uh, in Cumbria, which was just a few miles <gasps> from where Mr. Templeton yes. photographed the Solway Spaceman. This is sounding a lot like the lab leak theory. Oh, yeah. You know? Trying to take us through it? No, you know, you know me, I'm just, I was just attempting to be silly just then. But, um, you know, it's just that <laughs> Do you thing. want to explain your silliness? Yeah. So, it was just the, uh, the you know, they were like, the virus started, uh, COVID started in Wuhan. There's a Wuhan lab there. So, therefore, the virus came from the lab. Same thing. There was a spaceman that appeared near the place where the rocket was made, where there was a spaceman. Mm-hmm. And then was a spaceman leak from the rocket builders. So, you're saying both are true? Uh, I guess. To me, they sound so. exactly the same. Yeah. I mean. Remembering it, we have to speculate. AJ, you said can it yourself. You edit this out, please. <laughs> 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 anyway, pretty spooky. 
that is spooky. I gotta tell you. So, are we thinking that there's at least three of these spacemen, or one of them might have doubled up and be the same one in Woomera as in Cumbria? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, or yeah, maybe the three spacemen were also the three men in black. <gasps> yeah. Oh. Wow. Things could have been happening in, in They could have been women in white. Yeah, that's, that's true. He was wearing white. That's good by women inside <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, that's right. Why are we assuming that the space white. man? There could be three white lady funerals. Funerals. Funeral ladies. And does this also mean that if they were there trying to maybe catch a ride on the Blue Streak space uh, rocket, mm. that maybe they were going to catch a ride on, like, either this man or the, his daughter up into space? All oh, right, they saw the, the implication. They saw the daughter in her dress and went, "She's going to space. This kid. Yeah. She's going to space. She looks like a rocket." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she a space taxi driver? That's what they look like <laughs> back home. I'll, yeah. get in, I'll get in her head. <laughs> yeah. So apparently, this all sort of built up a bit of buzz in Australia sure. about uh, the connection here. And uh, as that happened, uh, it was also claimed that a UFO had been seen at Woomera. Since then. Uh, Dr. Clark, in his research, found a photo of the supposed uh, UFO, UFO, and he said, quote, it looked like a triangle of light and that it was clearly a lens flare. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, without knowing mm. what that means. Well, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, so is this guy sceptical or not? I still no, don't he is sceptical. Well, he's sceptical. He's saying it was just a, a trick of the light. Oh, yeah. okay. A lens flare is just like that. You know, when you're mm-hmm. taking a photo and there's a kind of a flash right. of light on I the- thought he might be saying, that's clearly the tail of a rocket. No, I, I, so I sold you out with my tone there. I was trying to do a joke there of saying a sceptical thing with the tone of being sincere. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and uh, you fell for it. Yeah, well, whenever you, when you said whatever that means, I also went, I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Um, well, I think we've got a lot to process here. So, maybe we'll go for a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to tell you a bit more about the men in black. I'd love that. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also... Not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. 
Okay. Hopefully you purchase whatever you would just advertise. Um, <laughs> let's go back to Harvey. Through the 50s and 60s, UFOs had evolved from a fringe tabloid section of the paper to the front page. These were the years following the infamous Roswell, New Mexico UFO incident, uh, which we covered way back on episode 65, Dave. Wow, 65. Can't believe it. That's so many years ago. And then Barker's book served less as a conspiratorial manifesto and more as a collection of a new sort of folklore. This understanding of UFO phenomena and the men in black as folklore or cultural mythology was furthered by a 1957 report by famed psychoanalyst Carl Jung, which was called Flying Saucers, a modern myth of things seen in the skies. While Jung never argued for or against the existence of UFOs, he noted, quote, Our time is characterized by fragmentation, confusion, and perplexity. Perplexity? Mm, sure, yeah. At such times, men's eyes turn to heaven for help and marvelous signs appear from on high. So I guess he's, he's sort of saying that we're looking for answers. Yeah. And it sounds like the answers are there. Yeah. UFOs. Yeah. But he's, he's just a symbols guy, right? He's like, he just thinks that, oh, yeah, you're just kind of manifesting things with your mind. Yeah. And finding what you want to see. That's what it sounds like he's saying. Mm. Is that, but that's like, is that his main thing generally? I, I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't, I've never heard it to, to be related to uh, UFOs. But I only really know Jung from Tism lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. Young talent time, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was a- about to do a Jung and Jackson, but I thought nobody's going like, to know what the fuck Jung and Jackson is. <laughs> uh, John Keel was a UFO buff and expert in all things paranormal. Does that name ring a bell to you, Dave? John Keel. John Keel. Probably won't because it's from a long time ago, but he was a key player in the Mothman episode. Oh, great. He was the one, uh, one of the main investigators. He went into the town to find out about him, and he was the one who ended up writing The Mothman Prophecies, which turned into a Richard Gere film. He's also the one that said, The Mothman, if you see The Mothman, something bad's about to happen. <laughs> he's like, John Keel is deep in all this. He believes yeah. in, if, if you, th- he's, he's like David Duchovny in X Files, I think. Is he kind of like an Alex Jones of the day? Oh, I wonder. I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if he was yelling. Yeah, his thoughts sure. as I much. Mean, you know, when you didn't have as much airtime and you just <laughs> yeah. had to write. <laughs> you just, yeah, yeah. That's the yelling right. didn't matter so much. But yeah, Keel is said to have had several encounters with the MIB, the Men in Black. Really? Oh, no. Uh, these occurred during his investigations into UFO sightings and other paranormal phenomena in the 60s and 70s. He said that these individuals often appeared as government agents or investigators and sometimes displayed unusual behaviours. Uh, Kiel reported that he was closely monitored and harassed by the MIB. They would often show up unexpectedly. <laughs> just let us know if you're coming. Happy to have <laughs> cool. you. Yeah. Just give yeah, us a just call annoying. ahead. I mean, I'm, I don't have any tea. Yeah. Mm, I've got nothing right. for you. I'm so sorry. I'm I so didn't know. S- yep. The house is a mess. Yeah. yeah. And he's probably, he That's sounds it. like he's probably a single man who probably only has like one dish of each. You know? You yeah, exactly. Let me organize. I'll get it. I'll borrow a couple of mugs. <laughs> <laughs> now we've got to share a fucking spoon. Yeah. <laughs> they would then question him about his research and try to dissuade him from continuing his investigations, implying that continuing his research could lead to dire consequences. Keel's accounts of these encounters were often, uh, often included descriptors- and descriptions of bizarre behavior from the men in black, such as inappropriate or out-of-place clothing, odd mannerisms, and unconvincing disguises. Which, to me, is real funny because it's it's like, is this because they're aliens mm-hmm. and they don't really know? 
how to behave as humans? Or is that because these are weird UFO believers yeah. who are in weird costumes yeah. and trying to be involved, you know, yeah. trying to legitimize your research? Because, you know, how we said yeah. before that um, some people say if you're visited by a man in black, then that just proves that what you've seen is real. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean- that's probably now I'm starting to get into pretty right. And if you see conspiracy, conspiracy, yeah, conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. So that's one rule. If you see a man in black, it's real. And if you see a mothman, you're about to have a bad time. Yeah, <laughs> Keel, like many researchers, held varying theories about the true identity and the purpose of the MIB. He considered the possibility that they might not be government agents, but could be a part of a broader paranormal or interdimensional phenomenon. That's right. He was one of the ones that believed the men in black aren't just keeping the aliens a secret, but they themselves are the secret aliens. Oh, okay. As Harvey writes, like so much else in the conversation regarding UFOs, the men in black changed over time. No longer were they simply government agents offering a warning. They were mysterious entities unto themselves, seemingly human and inhuman at the same time. Proponents of this theory suggest that the MIB have the ability to change their appearance, making them look like humans. They use this ability to infiltrate human society and interact with witnesses and researchers without raising suspicion. Uh, oh, my God. So, you, one of you two could be one right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, God. I, did, I yeah. don't need to have to worry about that. But, I yeah. mean, you can, you can tell from our outfits that we're probably not. We're of, of the time. Yeah, we're of the time. I mean, you are dressed in black. Remember that. Oh, my well, God. Well, um, okay. <laughs> you're wearing a black hat, black shirt. And you're wearing, like, Bring- old FBI-style glasses. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. But but my hair is not regulation uh, cut. Yes, and you're a bit unkempt. I'm very unkempt. Um, but uh, I like I like that this this has moved forward. Like you know, it goes well. You know, because at first it's just the uh, like in a way it's kind of like world building through community. Yes, hundred percent. Yes, you know, because yeah. it's like one guy comes up with a thing, and then another guy comes up with a thing, and you go. Oh, so, you know, the community kind of goes, these things are connected mm. like that. And so then it kind of goes, oh, this is probably an organization, <laughs> right? And then it develops into like, well, it's probably the aliens themselves, right? But then it kind of like, we can tell from the movies that eventually it's like, well, no, the aliens and the men in black are in cahoots. Mm. Some of the men in black could be aliens as well. Yes. So then you kind of like, so then now you have the full picture of how it can work. And now they've got alien technology, and then, but they're also fighting aliens, you see? Yeah. Yeah, and that and a bunch of different people talk about it in those sort of terms. They say a, a few uh, talk about it like it's a game of telephone, you know, the American game mm. of you whisper something, it changes, evolves. American Th- whispers. There's like a big version of American whispers. Yeah, because <laughs> um, we can't say the one that we used to say. I guess um, telephone, Chinese telephone. Can you say that? <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, so the, uh, actually, I have a Chinese telephone. It's a Xiaomi. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's much like that. You've yeah. got a Xiaomi? i got a Xiaomi. Never it's actually the best phone I've ever owned. Oh, really? Wow. Very, very reasonably priced. It was under five, like 400 bucks and it's done. It's and a- is this a paid This ad? is absolutely a paid ad. Okay. I mean, all, all of my information goes directly to Xi Jinping, but but very you're cheap. A bit, you're on first name basis there for a second. Yeah, I mean, she, well, she's actually his, his family name. Oh, you're they, have the, they have the family, family name first. Yeah, you're, fam- you're a family first guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, she know about this? You both family first? Uh, maybe she's born with it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 really interesting what you how you say that. That is that's how some people see it, and and also talking about it like a modern 
uh, almost a, a modern American folklore mm. mythology. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Because it also has that that kind of Jesus feel. Like, you know, like you always hear about Jesus and then they're like, oh, but they didn't write, write his stories down until- you know, 50 years later, 100 years yeah, later, generations or whatever. later, yeah. Yeah, and so in this one, it's like, well, these things happen, and then people just have time to stew before they actually then or go, actually, yeah, my memory of this is mm. this, and they were hovering. Yeah, and yeah. My had eyebrows had were on fire. <laughs> um, so I'll take you through a few of the things that uh, people have said they've noticed when encountering the men in black that maybe make them think that they might be aliens themselves. Mm-hmm. So, some MIB encounters have included descriptions of unusual physical traits or behaviors that seem out of place for regular humans. These traits might include unusually pale skin. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Or a lack of understanding of basic human customs. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, my God. Living in their mother's basements. Uh, or a sense of being otherworldly. Oh. Uh, those who subscribe to the theory that the MIB are aliens themselves believe that these beings have their own agenda related to human encounters with UFOs. This agenda might involve controlling information, preventing disclosure, or manipulating human perception of extraterrestrial encounters. Which is, these are the same um, motives that they used to think when they were a human mm. Uh uh, group as well, right? Yeah. They, so I don't think that either whether they're aliens or not, I think they're just trying to stop people knowing about aliens. Sort of. Sure, 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 sure. Witnesses sometimes report that the MIB seem devoid of normal human emotions or reactions. Oh my mm-hmm. god, this is I am describing myself here. This has led <laughs> some to believe uh, that they are not human, but rather beings who are attempting to mimic human behavior. I should say I don't live in my mother's basement. Sure. Uh, Witnesses have reported that the MIB exhibit a lack of knowledge about everyday things, making them seem out of touch with the modern world. Some accounts suggest that MIB appear to remain the same age over many years, sparking speculation about their immortality or time travel abilities. So I'm guessing some of of the people who are visited Mm. by them are working up a relationship. Yeah. You know, they're getting the same- Wait, which- uh, Sorry, have you been working with Jay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. JOK or nine eleven? Nine and eleven. Are you doing nine and ten? Yeah, because we'll we'll bring them back. We obviously, you know, you've built up a rapport with them. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, it's kind of like the same thing with people just saying, like, oh, Paul Rudd doesn't seem to age. Oh my or god! Keanu Reeves, they yeah, find Keanu- an old photo thing. Yeah, as a vampire. and then you go, well, yeah, but I mean, the years are still passing, and at some point, you're really gonna see it. <laughs> yeah, but it's- yeah, but I mean, you're not seeing these people. Often enough, probably, for that kind of thing. Also, when I said the living in the mother's basement, I thought that you were implying implying that they were were just people who loved UFOs. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Which, uh, yes. No, I I figured that out when you said that one. Sorry, okay, great. But I was too far down the fact of being pale. Was something that you were thinking. I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) Not making any sense. Because Dave was already- Onto my scent. Yeah. Yeah. The MIB have been seen consuming unidentifiable and often strange food items. Oh, okay. You're going to find this interesting, Al. Some have been even been reported consuming excessive amounts of sugar. <gasps> Can we hear? What are they? What's, what's that sound like? In water. <laughs> More. More. <laughs> More. Uh, am uh, I- like, like straight up raw sugar? Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. Wow. And that, I guess that is w- what inspired yeah. um, that scene. Sugar. 
because he's a bug or whatever yeah but of course big bugs, bug man bugs would have evolved they would have evolved separately to the bugs on human earth <laughs> and so you know human earth <laughs> is what i call it now i've claimed it for you've given yourself away there <laughs> they call it human earth that's sus man yeah. <laughs> oh no oh weird that they had to get in a, a strange guest who doesn't understand regular customs onto this uh mib episode it was because jess was taken out yesterday she right. had to you- pull out last minute and yeah. we've only got text messages from her yeah and then al over here the last time you're on about a few weeks ago you were saying how the tunguska event wasn't sus at all and it was there was a plausible explanation <laughs> oh for my that. god it was a it was obviously a meteor exactly that's what you're saying <laughs> um, everyone else was like well, i don't know about that so just you know uh and i stand by all that stuff and jess is fine she's doing really good <laughs> <laughs> well that's good to hear yeah so, yeah, another thing they say is uh, they sometimes uh, have peculiar greetings, uh, <laughs> including bizarre handshakes and making cryptic statements. Doesn't sound like me. <laughs> uh, of Barker's 1956 book, they knew too much about flying saucers, Robert Schaefer, a UFO researcher, said, It still has an important legacy. Before its publication, nobody outside a very narrow group of subscribers to flying saucer newsletters had ever heard of Bender. Or his Men in Black. Barker would go on to write several more books related to the paranormal and UFOs, including 1970's The Silver Bridge, which helped spread the story of another popular paranormal figure, the creature known as Mothman. But how much of his writing was done in good faith has been called into question by many in the UFO research community. Uh, Schaefer said, Barker made it clear to me that he did not take the Men in Black or Mothman very seriously. And this is one of the... He's written, like, I mean, he's collated stories. Yeah. Um, And Schaefer goes on to say, however, he believed that there was still something mysterious about the whole UFO and paranormal thing. Yeah, I read somewhere that people like, he's just a really good writer. Like, he had a great style and he was able to make it, which I guess is how you sell some of these things as well. Yeah. But it's interesting to know that one of the key writers on it is pretty skeptical about (laughs) it all himself. I mean, it's also strange with, like, any of the conspiracy world is that, once you've done something or said something that has got you attention and then it starts to fade away. You need to make a, a bigger the, call. There's a part of you that kind of goes, oh, well, if I keep talking about this, maybe I'll keep getting more attention. And then suddenly you kind of make it part of your identity and then you're like, maybe I could just, you know, fancy up some of the things, you know, some of the facts, some yeah. of the things like that, you know, so I have a little bit more to write about. And then suddenly, like, it feels like some of the industry now, like, and I, call, I am calling it an industry, like, especially jo- during COVID and stuff like that, some people who were skeptical of the blah, 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 seem to have just been like, oh, now if I just make up stuff, people will keep donating money to support me and blah, blah, blah. And then it's just like, it just becomes like anything else. It's like doing stand-up, but instead of coming up with jokes, you're like, I got a lot of new theories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's kind of all it is. And like, you end up being like, I'm just a storyteller. Yeah, I'm, I'm just a storyteller. Story. Yeah, it's like fiction, but I'm, pa- I'm passing it off as real. But I also actually suddenly do believe this now. They are, they are trying to lock us down in our suburbs so that we can, you know, they can do whatever. There is going to be a one world government. I mean, I actually think a one world government would be pretty good if it's a good government. Yeah, it's got to be a good one world government. Yeah. One good government. Yeah, and we want one to have one of the better governments. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if you, uh, many of the odds are, you know, power, you know, cream rice is at the top. 
That's right. Yeah. I think I think it's we're found, generally speaking, yeah. that the, the best people for the job get those big leaves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cream rises to the top and then it trickles down to the rest of us. Yeah. yeah. We all get a bit of cream. <laughs> we'll get a little, a little dollop of cream. Yeah. A little dollop. Beautiful. Yeah. I'd I, vote for that. I mean, you could party. definitely lift some of the worse off countries out with a sort of a thing like this. Anyway, I want there to be an alien overlord of Earth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also read a little bit about how um, there's a, th- a theory that um, the governments or whatever, the FBI's or whatever, mm. release sort of release this information in the UFO communities. They get them to believe it so that they can sort of manipulate them and mm. follow oh, them along. Right. So maybe you, you push that out there to cover up what's really going on. Yeah, 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 which is just way grimmer stuff like just um, taking advantage of, you know, the land you're farming or whatever. Mm. Yeah, sure. right, right, right. So like, put that out You there. don't realise that what we're actually doing is uh, mining. Um, yeah. and we're fracking. Fracking from the sky. From the sky. We're sky yeah. fracking. Sky <laughs> fracking. Uh, but, yeah, this one article I read- uh, by Steve Rose uh, suggests he talks about this a bit and um, he talks about how government agents in the USA and UK infiltrated UFO circles and fed ufologists lies and half-truths and then saying that driven by their own beliefs and curiosity, the ufologists readily accepted and propagated these deceptions and this disinformation was supposedly intended to distract the UFO community, also to help them gather information about their activities and possibly mislead foreign governments, including the Soviets. Oh, my gosh. Right. What uh, have they ever done? One example Rose gives, I'll read this from his article, uh, is about a guy called Paul Benowitz. Rose writes, Benowitz was a successful electronics entrepreneur in New Mexico. In 1979, Benowitz started seeing strange lights in the sky and picking up weird transmissions on his amateur equipment. The fact that he lived just across the road from the Kirtland Air Force Base should have set alarm bells ringing, but Benowitz was convinced these phenomena were of extraterrestrial origin. Being a good patriot, he contacted the Air Force, who realized that far from eavesdropping on extraterrestrials, Benowitz was inadvertently eavesdropping on them. Instead of making him stop, though, they told Benowitz they were interested in his findings. So basically... You, this is making sense. He he thinks he's um, interpreting uh, alien mm. activity, but it's actually just Air Force activity. Yeah, right. He goes to the Air Force and says, "I think I'm 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 onto some aliens here." They realise that he's actually onto them. Yeah, and they go, "Interesting. Let us know what you find out about these aliens." Yeah. So they tell him to dig deeper, and within a few years, he was interpreting alien languages, spotting crashed alien aircraft in the hills uh, as he flew around. He was also a pilot and sounding the alert for a full-scale invasion. All the time, the investigators were surveilling him, surveilling them, and they they gave Benowitz computer software that, inverted commas, interpreted the signals. So they're planting all this to him. Yeah. And even dumped fake props for him to discover. Oh, my God. (laughs) The mania took over Benowitz's life. It's pretty grim. And in 1988, his family checked him into a psychiatric facility. So wait, this is this is a real story? Well, I mean, I believe so. It was, it was this is an article from the Guardian? It, yeah, I think right. this came out in a in the one of the big info dumps from. Um, okay, right. It was one of the famous Snowden, I think. Yeah, right. I think maybe this this story came. So out So they're thinking, that. just in case he's accidentally interpreted military secrets. Yes, we'll spin it to make it sound like 
It's alien stuff. We'll lead him along. And, and to he- keep him interested, we'll lead him along. And apparently they've done this to a bunch of different people, a bunch of different groups and stuff. They're like, yeah, 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 aliens. Love to hear more about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're just planning props and stuff but until they- he lost his mind. Is this just a group of like- people who are kind of having a bit of fun? Oh. Like, do you think that this is just like weird, like- hazing of just a nut job like you know somebody who they're like they're treating like a nut job and they're because like because the problem with all this organ organizational stuff right like like you know we're like oh it's this organization was doing this are you pitching for a one world government again uh, this is me <laughs> trying to go for a one this is the problem no, no it's like because there's only one, one government <laughs> to control everything um no it's just that like sometimes an organization, you know, obviously is responsible for whatever happens within it. But there could just be a group of people within the organization who are like on the down low going, hey, we could just fuck with this guy. Well, mm. this, they you think know? it's pretty funny. Yeah. Like if you're in the Air Force, you probably don't always have that much to do. Yeah. Do they have their own poll? <laughs> eh? What are they doing to their poll? Yeah. With their poll? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. What what, what poll? Well, the firemen uh, oh, yeah, slide down right. it Sorry. while yeah, they're yeah. waiting for something to do. Yeah, the, the there's, men there's in black slide got, up one. Yeah, they've got a horizontal pole. A horizontal pole. pole. Yeah, they crawl along <laughs> the dangling upside along down. the horizontal pole. Like a pig so on a speak. spit. Well, you got to pass the time somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's either that or prank this guy that lives across the road. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, it's a very grim story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's- and he That just- was over like a 10-year period. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's stories like that of, like, the FBI doing all that kind of stuff of, like, you know, just essentially baiting people into committing a terrorist act or something like that and then arresting them. <laughs> yeah. You guys see? Well, he was going to do it because all it took was a little bit of baiting. Yeah. But, you know, we don't want people like that on the street who, yeah. who can be baited yeah. into yeah. committing we a terrorist. It. We gave him all the- Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're coming towards the end. Obviously, there's, you know, a million different ways you could- uh, rabbit holes you could go down with this topic. But I thought I'd finish with a story about comedian Dan Aykroyd. Now, Aykroyd is a big alien guy. Yeah, great. Uh, his interest in UFOs and the paranormal dates back to his childhood. He's spoken about witnessing unexplained lights in the sky and experiencing a deep fascination with the unknown. In a video I watched on YouTube, uh, he's being interviewed about filming a TV show called Out There, which um, was going to be on the, I think, the Sci-Fi Network or something. Mm. And it focused on interviewing experts on UFO and paranormal topics. He talks about how he was filming the final episode when he went outside for a smoke because he was uh, receiving a call from Britney Spears. He answered the phone. Is this real? Is, this he, being, is he being baited again? <laughs> <laughs> is it real Britney? Yeah. Could have been a deep fake Britney voice. Um, so he's on the phone to Brittany out the front having a smoke and she's like, I'm going to be on SNL coming up. You want to be on with me? He's like, yeah, fantastic. Sure. While on the phone, he noticed a black Ford sedan parked nearby. So he, he's on the phone to Britney Spears. He turns his head, sees the car, turns back, turns again, and the car has disappeared. In the video, Aykroyd suggests that the car's sudden disappearance may have been due to some sort of cloaking technology or that it could have been related to the UFO and paranormal subjects discussed in his show. He speculates about whether this could have been an experience with the men in black or military personnel associated with UFO phenomena. While he was on the phone to a white lady. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is all tying back around together. Anyway, he went back inside the studio and was told soon after that his show was cancelled, never to be released. They were about to f- finish filming the last episode. Um, 
seems a little suspicious to me. I mean, it does seem very suspicious. All the elements are there. A black car that you didn't see drive away. No. And he's like, he's like, it takes a while for a car to, this is in the the Mm. New York City, you know? He said a couple of numbers. Ninth and Eleventh Street. No, yeah. it was um, it was like Eighth and something or whatever. And he's like, you can't just you can't just drive a car up a street and around a corner mm. in a second. Yeah, he's like, it's a cloaking device, probably. I mean, he was just saying the facts. He was letting us make up our own minds. Um, yeah. So why, why was she calling him about about SNL? Is he going to be on there? This is this wasn't this week. This was a while back, I guess. I know, but he w- he would have ceased being in in SNL. Like, well, that's the- why she was inviting him on. She's like, oh. she had an idea that oh. it would be great for him to come on as a, you know, a guest. one of his old characters. Yeah, yeah I'm guessing Coneheads, maybe Coneheads, maybe that groovy pants guy, Groove Pants Gus. Oh no, no that was yeah, Jamon. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't. It was um, Bob Franklin. No, it was uh, Banner. Oh, Eric Banner was Groovy Pants Gus. Yeah. Groovy Pants, Groovy Pants, Groovy Pants Gus. Groovy, groovy Pants, Groovy Pants, Groovy Pants, groovy pants, groovy pants, groovy pants Gus. Might be thinking of the detachable toe. That was a, uh, on the Jim Owen show. That sounds like one of my ideas, but that's great. <laughs> Do we know if Dan Aykroyd ever made it to SNL or did he get cancelled oh, by the aliens? I wonder if we can find that out. Did um, and I'm wondering if, like, you know, if the men in black took out one of the men in blue. Oh, he was- one of the Blues Brothers. Yeah. Who wore- They wore black. Oh, they wore my black God. Suits, they, they? They're the men in black. Okay. So, this um, auto fills when I write, did Britney Spears and Dan Aykroyd with Get Married <laughs> <laughs> uh, appear on SNL? Yes. 2002, Britney Spears with special guest Dan Aykroyd. Wow. It happened. Um. So, yeah. Many have claimed to have had encounters with the men in black. Their authenticity is still debated to this day. Mm. Some suggest that these encounters are nothing more than urban legends or hoaxes, while others argue they are a crucial part of UFO lore. So, what do you think? Are they government agents, interdimensional beings, or some sort of manifestation of the human imagination? What are you thinking? I mean, this in the end, this is a mystery episode. Oh, my gosh. But wait, what- uh, So, oh, you don't have the answer? I don't. Sorry, I don't have the okay, answer. But okay. I was hoping one of you could tell me. I'm going to say government organization. The truth is in here. I'm pointing at Al's heart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Because uh, Al earlier accidentally uh, <laughs> swallowed one of the uh, answers. The blue pill. The blue pill. <laughs> or with, the red pill. But which through his vein. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I- I think that there are probably actually are government organizations that have to do with um, that have to do with UFO stuff investigation, but I, you know, I don't know if the exact organization uh, has everybody dressing in black at all times. Right. Yeah. That's one of the things I, I'm like, how how good are we as a, a species at keeping secrets like that? Mm, yeah, it's hard. You just feel like there'd be, and now how everyone's got a camera in their pocket, you just yeah. feel like. It would have been, but, you know, yeah. it makes it harder to believe, I think. I think it would have been easier to believe in some of these things in the 60s. Yeah. Where, but now you're like, ah, oh, you probably probably someone would have leaked a photo. Although there probably are photos out there that, and then you see a photo and you go, photoshopped. <laughs> <laughs> AI. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I want it all to be true, but- um We'll see. Time time will tell. Mulder, I also want to believe. 
Dave, what about you? I want to believe, but I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't know whether there's like a specific organization, but I can imagine that you know things come up and they send the FBI out there just to to double check it, and they are often men wearing suits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can see how that would be that kind of thing. But I also some of the stories you told it did feel a bit like that they started as one thing. Yes, and then over time became a little bit bigger. Yeah, bit of a uh, bit of American Telephone was played. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I, yeah, but I would love if aliens are here and they've just been watching over us. Yeah, if any aliens are listening, get in touch. Alistair, you're on Twitter? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Wait, Twitter doesn't TV. exist anymore. Where, no. where are you? Where can they get well, you? Well, they'll find me on X. <laughs> that sounds like something the aliens would use. Exactly. I mean, you know, Ali- uh, Elon <gasps> is basically alien. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's hiding um, in plain sight. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, know, you can find me there. You can find me on Instagram at a Trombley Virtual or at Two in Tank for my Two in the Think Tank podcast uh, uh, socials or the podcast itself. And there's over 400 episodes of that. If people want to deep dive and in a mania wants to have absolutely lose their mind, you can also check out the two uh, the 400th episode uh, video that appears on Stupid Old Channel uh, where Matt appears. Yeah, uh, what about 18 hour, hours in? About 18 <laughs> hours in, something like that. And uh, you know, there's also. Uh, Meso and and Mr. Sunday movies appear in there. Cass Page, Cass bunch, Page, bunch of old but Google on pants. Guess. Yeah, Jackson and Hayden, Doucher and um, uh, Carnavale. Oh, Adam Carnavale. Yeah, we got we got some big guests. Uh, Andy Matthews. Did you Whoa. know that Adam Carnavale is our uh, dungeon master? I love that. Yeah, I would our, love to have my own dungeon. Our master. personal dungeon master. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. You guys are doing really well. He damned me. Uh, yesterday. Dungeon mastered you? He dungeon mastered me, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Slipped into my DM. That means he put his finger into Adam Carnavale. <laughs> well, as we say goodbye to Alistair, we say hello to our favorite section of the show. Uh, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, you might notice that I'm wearing a different uh, shirt now. That is because we had a quick break as our left. I put a straw <laughs> into an iced coffee and the cup exploded. Um spraying both me my computer the uh, desk in here and the carpet great and coffee went everywhere except your mouth yeah that's right so i'm flat uh for two reasons i'm sticky and i haven't <laughs> had my co- don't even talk to me before i've had my coffee um that's not really true for me but man i feel like i could have used it today anyway i'll lift you'll lift yeah and now you're wearing a fantastic do go on t-shirt it's like in any other work scenario I don't know if I would have been able to just go over to a box and pull out a, yeah. a T-shirt. Yeah, your offices, do you have your, you know, your official merch in the corner? <laughs> <laughs> Normally would feel a bit silly wearing my own merch, but uh, today it was that or nipples out. So, <laughs> I think if I was going to feel sillier in one of those scenarios, it was, it was definitely the, uh, well, it's a pretty close actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, also Evan came up, Dave, didn't he? And he said- <laughs> I said, would you have caught that on camera? Because that would have been pretty funny watching the, the coffee explode. And he said, no. Though I was watching the screen downstairs and I, <laughs> and I thought, why has Matt got no top on? So, so I came up and checked. ran up here. I ran up. He was puffing. I saw all the coffee and I thought, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> it's funny. So it wasn't recorded, but Evan was watching. Yeah, Evan was watching, yep. Uh, so this is the part of the show where we... Uh, get to thank some of our great Patreon supporters. These are the people who help make this show continue. They help make it uh, exist. 
by um, supporting it financially, but also emotionally and uh, just adding into the community. Mm, thank you so much. Uh, which, you know, anyone can do. If you want to tell your friends to tune into the show, that means so much. But if you want to get involved on the Patreon, go to patreon.com slash do do Sorry, I How just I, that? I just shorted out there. Sorry. Boo. Sorry. Can we reboot Matt there. Yeah, sorry. I got, Is that the coffee that you spilled I on yourself? Coffee in my computer and in my own mainframe as well. Uh, so it's <laughs> patreon.com slash <laughs> doo do you want to take over this yeah, sentence? If you want to. All you have to do is head over to <laughs> patreon.com slash do go on pod. Mm, that's not how I'd say it. But if, I, if I shortened it, I would say And there's a bunch of different levels you can get involved in. Uh, they've all got names. Dave came up with the names many moons ago. Yeah, the Sydney Scheinberg Deluxe Package, the Arse Prod level. The uh, Dreamboat Cooper level. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, if you're on the- uh, Scheinberg level in particular, you get to get involved in the fat quote or question section, uh, which I think has a little jingle go somewhere like this. <gasps> fact, quote, or question. Ding. ding. He always remembers the sing. We always remember the ding. That was a beautiful moment. And uh, yeah, if you're in the Sydney Schoenberg level or above, you get to give us a fact, quote, or a question, or a brag, or a suggestion, or really whatever you like. And then I read them out when I read them out on the show, first time. And I'm looking forward to doing that now for four of our great supporters. First up, Jacoby Austin the Angel. Oh, do you usually have an Austin in there? That's fantastic. I think we've had it. Yeah, maybe that's a fresh, a fresh take on an old classic. Uh, Jacoby Austin the Angel. If uh, I think the Angel is the, what would that be? The French is yeah the the Angel the Angel. And uh, Jacoby, our angel, has given himself the title. You get to give yourself a title as well of reformed writer of bloody long fact quotes and questions. And uh, Jacoby's offering a suggestion, although it does have an asterisk next to it. Okay. Uh, Jacoby writes, Hey, mates, I'm writing in just after hearing my last fat quarter question read by Matt and Dave. My suggestion is that Matt and Dave try watching Parks and Rec again because it's great. <laughs> That's right. Sorry. Last time the question was, which Parks and Rec character are you? And I was like, I wish Jess was here because she's such a big fan of that show. Watched it about three or four times all the way through. And I'm sorry, Jacoby, Austin Angel, but Jess is not here again. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Unlucky. Although uh, someone did message us somewhere or posted somewhere saying, uh, they could help us out. They said you were the Adam Scott character. Oh, great. I and think that's what I said. And they, they said, like, definitely, you're the Adam Scott character. I'm the um, uh, Jurassic Park guy. Uh, Chris Parker. Sam Neill. Sam Neill. Chris something. And- um, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. And then Jess maybe was- Oh, I forget. Maybe Leslie Nopes. The main, the main character. Maybe the main character. Um, and I'm Ben Wyatt, played by Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Bit of a nerd. Thank you so much for that. I'm Scott. And uh, Anyway, sorry, Jacoby, I just wanted to apologise again. Okay. Well, Jacoby continues saying, my suggestion is that Matt and Dave, Dave try watching Parks and Rec again because it's great. I would specifically suggest starting with season two as you won't miss much and the quality is significantly higher. Episodes like Pawnee Zoo, Practice Date, Ron and Tammy and Hunting Trip. Are all good jumping off points. I've been re-watching the show with my wife uh, who hadn't seen it and it's fantastic. She now loves it as much as I do. Enjoy from Jacoby and Margaret. 
Uh, and the asterisk says, since Jess wasn't there last time, again I ask, which Parks and Rec character are you most like? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, sorry. You're going you're gonna to have to try one more time yeah, again. go around again. Come on. We'll oh, see you in a couple of weeks. Jess was meant to, like, she's had a few, like, every time she's missed recently, it's been for a different reason. And, yeah, this one was uh, very unforeseen. She's okay, but, she, and uh, we'll be back, I believe, in the coming weeks. Yes. Um, thank you so much, Jacoby. Next one comes from Lauren Joyner, aka that person who shares too many pictures of her dog, but she'll never stop because her dog is rad. Never stop. And Lauren is asking a question, writing, what is something you look forward to every year that isn't a holiday, but you treat it like one? And uh, as uh, I always ask, Lauren has done, answered her own question, writing, for me, it's Innings Fest. It's a two-day musical festival in Arizona that coincides with spring training baseball. There are a ton of great bands and baseball legends who come out and sign stuff and show off their skills, usually the pitchers. Last year, the Offspring, Weezer, and Green Day were the headliners uh, for night one. Yes, they played back to back to back. Offspring, Weezer, Green Day. Not a bad triple header. This is at a baseball event. Yeah, it's at- That's incredible. It's at Innings Fest. Innings? Oh, wow. Amazing. It's music, it's innings, it's everything. Yeah, it's good. It's got your three big loves. Music, baseball, and everything. Yeah, and the Offspring. Uh- Lauren says, my high school self lost her damn mind. It was amazing. Foo Fighters played the year before. The lineup for 2024 is coming out soon. I can't wait. If you've ever, if you're ever in Arizona in Feb, check it out and follow it up with a spring training game. Best weekend of the year. There is also one in Florida. The spring training takes place in Arizona and Florida. But seeing as I live in Arizona, I'm going to say this is the superior one. How about that? Isn't it interesting? There's only two cities that do. Wait, Arizona's a state, isn't it? There's only, and so is Florida. There's only two states that do um, spring training. Yeah, there you go. Love it. That sounds like a really, really fun annual thing to go to. Yeah. And probably something you relate to because you have a, I don't want to answer for you, but I assume you're going to say your annual music festival you go to. Yes, Meredith Music Festival. Every year. Love it. I I haven't missed one since 2004, I think. So next year will be 20 years. Only uh, there were two COVID missed years. Right. But it's will be 20 years since you- f- is that, Was yeah. that your first one you went and you've been- Yeah. Right? Yep. Amazing. I would say the closest thing for me that comes to mind is like the comedy festival here in Melbourne Oh, as well. yeah. That's right up That there. feels like a Christmas yeah. sort of thing and I love it. You know, and I, I get the guide out or I used to be like the physical guide. Now these days more I, I, I favorite shows and then- I, I get a spreadsheet happening for to, to maximize how many shows I can see. I get very excited about international people coming or friends doing shows. Yeah, love it. Yeah, I'm, I'd have that right up there as well. And then probably AFL finals, springtime as well. I think spring's just a great time of year. You're yeah. rolling out of the winter. Um, sun's breaking through a bit. And uh, it's just, and I love the blossoms on the trees, you know. <sighs> Those cherry blossoms lovely. and stuff. Great time of year. Um but yeah, that's multiple options. I think there's there's a, always a something coming up that I'm looking forward to. Never happy in the current day. Oh my god, no! I'm always looking ahead. I'm like a shark. <laughs> uh, thank you for that great question, Lauren. I'd love to come along to uh, Arizona Innings Fest sometime. Next one comes from Jason 
Wessner, aka assistant underling of not having an official title, but doing what needs to be done. And that's important. And thank you. Thank you. For your service. And Jason is doing a shout out. I think I don't know if we've had a just a, someone calling it a shout out before. Is this the first time? Is this the first time for everything? No, it's been done before. Sorry, I apologize. But it's rare. That's what I'm saying. Yes. The point is it's rare, Dave. Exactly. Or it's not the first time. That doesn't matter. That's, that's a, Sometimes it's enough. You are enough, Dave. More than enough. Thank you. And Jason writes, I wanted to thank all the patrons for being awesome and give a special shout out to Aiden. Now- Aiden's told me how to pronounce his last name. Here, I think we say Coglin. Oh, that name, I could see it in my mind as soon as he said Aiden. And I was like, here we go. And but it also looks like Cufflin. Cufflin, is it? That's no, that, I'm Irish. just saying that's what it could look like. But if you've been told, what have you been told, do you think? I can't remember. Because I say it wrong because I always say Coglin. And and he says, that's not right. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. Do you want to, can you Google pronunciation of Coughlin while I continue to talk or vice versa? Yes. Uh Aiden continues. No, hang on. Aiden doesn't continue. <laughs> Aiden's shout out continues. Aiden's shout out continues from Jason. Oh, you know, have you heard, you know, the term, are you chasing? I'd never been asked that before, but walking home from this very studio last week, mm. a couple of guys stopped me and Alistair Trumbly Birchall were walking along the road. I go, you guys chasing? As in, like, you want some drugs? Yeah. And I, I said, what? Sorry. <laughs> Oh no! He's like, you know anyone who's chasing? I said, <laughs> I said, no. Nah. And they're like, you sure you're not chasing? I said, no, nah, I'm sure. And um, and it reminded me of this time where uh, a friend's boyfriend at the time, ex-boyfriend, his name was Jason, and he was asked that question at a party <laughs> by a stranger. You chasing? Yeah. Why? <laughs> After <laughs> this really long, confusing interaction. Well, I've got what you want. What do I what? want? What do I want? <laughs> Wait, are you chasing or not? Yeah, I'm ch- yeah, Jason. Yeah, Jason Moore. I'm Jason Moore. Yeah, more. You're chasing more what? what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I might have an answer for how to say C O U G H L A and the surname. This is from HowToPronounce.com. This has four ratings. This pronunciation. Haven't heard it yet. Let's all do it together. Bring it to the mic. Here we go. Coglin. Coglin. That's what I say. Coglin. Oh, wow, that sounds like a like a real gruff voice. Coglin. 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 You're Coglin here. You I'm, can't Coglin I'm here. Sergeant Coglin. Hey, one, I'm Coglin. All right, one more. There's one more. Coglin. <laughs> Young person saying it. And they sound annoying. It's like they're annoyed at their dad. Hmm. So, wh- what's your friend's name again? Coglin. I don't want to have to tell you again. <laughs> oh, hang on. Oh, I found it. I found one of the places where Aiden uh, corrected me on a who knew it um, question. Colin. Colin. I mean- Aiden Colin. I don't want to- This like, is Aiden Colin. I don't want to start beef with Aiden, but according to howtopronounce.com, you're <laughs> pronouncing it incorrectly. <laughs> well, it is his name. I'm, I'm going to allow Aiden to make well, a call on that one. I found two more. Let's see if we can get a, a Colin. Coughlin. Ooh, Coughlin. Okay, that's different. Okay. And finally? Coughlin. Coughlin. Sorry, mate. Wow. So when I say it like that, it's not, you're not just annoyed at me because I'm saying it in this new weird way you haven't heard before. It's because people do that to you every day. Yes. Um, anyway, Jason continues. Are you chasing? Um, (laughs) 
That's really funny. Talking about maybe maybe the stand up in that got to try stand up. Um, <laughs> but Jason continues saying, my wife and I run a music studio and I handle the admin side of things. I'm not great with organizing, so I recently asked for help from the WhatsApp group, and Aiden was kind enough to help uh, me streamline our system to make things a lot easier for me when we get new students signing up. Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? So there's there's a Patreon WhatsApp group. Well, full disclosure, we're not in there. We don't know what goes on it, but it sounds lovely. Yeah. Haven't been invited. <laughs> and uh, frankly, wouldn't accept even if it was now. Yeah, right. Hmm? It's been that long. <laughs> Uh, probably for the best. I imagine they're being really honest in there uh, about the show. Anyway, yes. um, <laughs> and I can't handle that. I'm too fragile. We but, had honesty. Um, yeah, it says, this really is the nicest corner of the internet, and I really appreciate being part of it. Hey, we appreciate you being a part of it too, Jason. Appreciate you. Really appreciate that. Appreciate you. Uh, finally, uh, this week, we've got one from Donna Zyber. Uh I would have said Zeba, but luckily Donna put in brackets, pronounced like cyber. Donna Zyber. Zyber. Unfortunately, Donna didn't put in a how to pronounce cyber. So I'm, if I'm <laughs> saying that different how you do, that doesn't really help us. Anyway, uh, Donna's title is Donosaurus Rex, archivist of all Dugan things older than Matt, if there are such things. Well, yeah. Um, Big Bang. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, some dinosaurs? Yeah. Some. Some, yeah. Some of the older ones? I think so. Well, yeah. The originals? You don't remember the originals. Well, I don't remember You were probably a baby. Yeah. But I was around before them. Uh, (laughs) Donna's offering us a fact writing. You're always seven years behind in Ethiopia. Right now, it's 2016. Uh, Here's why. Oh, and a link. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. I've got to do my own research. I feel like you're about to be Rickrolled here. Never gonna, set up? never gonna give, never gonna give. Yeah, it does feel a bit like that. Oh, it's a, it's quite a long article. Uh, <laughs> so most countries follow the Gregorian calendar, which is such a great name for a calendar or a boy yes. or a girl. Um, Ethiopians follow their own ancient calendar. Uh, incredible. The Ethiopian calendar goes by the belief that Jesus Christ was born in 7 BC, that is 5,500 years after God's promise to Adam and Eve and started counting days from that year on. There you go, so close. So they reckon that uh, we're just a short seven years off. Right, so that he was born before mm. Christ. Yeah, I think I think Christ came seven years before Christ. That's hard to remember. Yeah. I was some sort of a, yeah. Wouldn't that have created like a, a tear in the space-time continuum? Yeah. If it was born before it was born. Anyway, um, bit of fun there. Hey, we're just having a bit of fun. Yeah, always. <laughs> Thank you so much to uh, to Donna for that. I'd not, I'd never heard that. Do you know that? I didn't know that about Ethiopia. No, because you know your way around Africa slightly. What? I know a map. Yeah, you know. Look, I've looked at a map. Know a few capitals. It's the capital of Ethiopia. Addis Ababa. Oh, great name. Uh, but I didn't realize, and it's funny that out of all the countries in that area, they're the only, they sound like they're the only one. Yeah. Sure. Sure. I mean, Donna didn't specifically oh, say that the yes, others weren't as well. You're right. Exactly. The other East African countries, who knows? Uh, thank you so much for that, Donna. The next thing we like to do is thank a few of our other great uh, Patreon supporters. Uh, Jess normally comes up with a bit of a game to play based on the topic at oh, hand. What yes. are you thinking, Dave? What are we thinking? What did we talk about today? Men in black. Men in black. We, we could put them in a colour. What colour they are. That sounds fun. 
Do you reckon we can come up with nine colours? No. That's the only trick. It's a bad system. It's a bit like the alphabet system, yeah. isn't it? I reckon. Um, let's do it. Let's try. Let's do it. And are they men, though? Or we'll have to give them, you know, like a, maybe they could be something else. Oh, yeah. What about we, we, we say what they are and what colour they're in? Yes. And I think we do it like this. I read out a name. Yeah. You say what they are. I okay. say the colour. Okay. You read out a name. I say what they are. You say the- Love this system. Yeah. Okay, great. I think I'm going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I explained it pretty well. Um, hey, it's episode 420, by the way. So. Uh, oh, my gosh. Well, I'll just sit here and uh, blaze it. Yeah, hey, you're going to blaze one? Can I ask you a question? <laughs> are you Jason? <laughs> yeah. I'm Jason and I'm blazing. <laughs> uh, we are a couple of pretty rad- Absolutely. Oh, let me just puff on this. My asthma puffer. <laughs> I was, yeah, I would have, someone suggested a while ago and I, I was meaning to do it. It wasn't until we just had that break before that Dave confirmed this was episode 420. Yeah, I, I thought, thought it was 419. this whole time. See, maybe you are, you know, I lost smoking a bit, of time. a bit of the devil's lettuce. What, yes. What if maybe the man in black just took an episode of, that's a whole week. 419 is the, lo- the lost week. Could be. I don't recall it at all. <laughs> is it because we haven't recorded it yet? <laughs> I can't even remember. Um... <laughs> We haven't. Oh, okay. That would be all right, right. Everyone, but what a great episode it was. So that's, you know what? Not not the wildest mistake I made there thinking this was 419, seeing as yes. it's the 419th episode we've recorded. Yes. It is. It is absolutely right. Uh, all right. First up, I'd love to thank from Victoria in British Columbia, Canada, Tyson Rand. And Tyson Rand is the Pomeranian in? Blue. Ooh. That's quite a good combo. Yeah, that's a good combo. Bit Which of a ones, are they the puffy dogs? Little puffy orange ones. Oh, that's a fantastic combo. With a little little puffy tail. Is that it was it the same you'll know this. Uh the the dog in the cartoon Christmas special of the nanny. Was that a Pomeranian? Oh the the cartoon Christmas special. Yeah. You know the opening credits are in cartoon form? They did a whole um, episode like that. For Christmas. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know. I'm looking at it and I've Googled it. This looks like a bit of a pom. This is a pom. Okay, thanks for putting it in the terms I understand. <laughs> uh, do, you, do we only, do want to go for one for one or should I do five, you do four? Let's just, I'll stick with me. Okay, I, I'm still, now I'm going Nanny Dog. She does have a Pomeranian. Oh, there you go. Chester. Yes, Chester, and it talks in that episode. Uh, and then it's on the show too. Oh, okay. Oh, hang on, here we go. On the nanny, it's one of those things on Google where it gives you a sentence, but it starts halfway through. Nanny, comma, was Fran Dresser's dog in real life. The adorable pup's full name was actually Chester. Whoa. Which is Miss Babcock's dog on the show. Ah, CC. Ah, so we'll hang out with, that's why I was stoked to see. And it looks like a pom, but I'm just confirming. TV show, Chester, dog. It's important. Dog breed. Pomeranian confirmed. Isn't that wild? How do I, why would I know that? You're incredible because you love dogs. I'm incredible. You're incredible. <laughs> uh, next up, I'd love to say- You're my goddamn hero. From, how good's this city name? Crumlin. <laughs> from, in Great Britain, Crumlin. And it's Cream Cracer. Cream Creature. Cream, cream Cracker? Cream. I love it. Because it's spelled like the Irish crack with an E-R. So, maybe it's a pun, a cream cracker pun. Oh, okay. Or maybe not. But they're from Crumlin. Which sounds Crumlin. like and, it. And they are the top hats in? Sandy yellow. Ooh, nice. So, is, I'm wondering, is it like someone wearing a top hat and the rest of them sandy yellow? Or is the top hat sandy yellow? I think they're 
Or everything. I think they're everything. That's good stuff. Everything they're wearing, that is. Yeah. That's what they're in. Uh, thank you so much to Cream Cracker. Uh, I'd also love to thank from Doncaster in Great Britain. It's Amy. Amy, one of the ladybugs in purple. Oh, that's nice. Ladybug in purple. Could you, can you get purple ladybugs? You can get yellow and red ones, right? Yeah. I don't know if you can get a, you can get purple. Mm. But maybe they're purple and then they're wearing like a red jacket over the top. That would look good. Oh, that would be a nice combination. I mean, red is in purple. Wow. Makes up about 50% of it, I believe. Wow. The more you know. <laughs> uh, next up, I'd love to thank. I might even be in this city right now. I'm not sure. From San Francisco, That's California. To to <laughs> it's DD Mandark. DD Mandark. Absolutely incredible. Uh, this You love this one. What about uh, the chimps in. Oh, alabaster. I don't know. What does that mean? Is that a colour? I don't know. Alabaster. It's a good word. But what does it mean? Alabaster. A translucent form of gyp- gypsum or calcite, typically white. There you go. Okay. Why? Alabaster what? That's what I meant. Alabaster, that makes me think of uh, Alexi and Cam on their Finding Drago show. Todd Noy's other, other story was the Alabaster Wars. Oh. Is that why it's in your head? Could be. Still ringing around from three, four years ago. Yeah, listen to that podcast, Fine Drago. Fantastic stuff. That was DD Mandark. And do you want to do one more? Or do you want me yeah, to? I'd love to do one more. Please. Uh, finally, from me, I'd love to thank from Cotterkill in New York. Wow, Cotterkill. Kieran Ligon Casey. Wow. Kieran, if they were in the Tridges Club, I'd say Kieran Friggin' Casey. Yeah. That man, that's a great name. Uh, Kieran is the. See what you do with this one. The Blue Whales in. Pink. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I think that would look very sharp. I'm imagining one of those, those sort of 60s fluffy dressing gowns. Yes. Wrapped around a, a blue whale. Oh, man. What a frill. That, that's the kind of blue whale I'd love to hang out with. Yeah. <laughs> Fashionable whale. So, this episode comes out on the 8th of the 11th. No, I will not be in San Francisco. I will be far, far away. In? Seattle. Oh. oh, baby, the bees are telling. If there's a Fraser walking tour, you better believe I'm on it. There better be one. There better. There better be. I haven't looked into anything like that, but I'm sure there's got to be a Fraser walking tour. Seattle, that's where I showed you they have that sculpture of that of uh, that thing, that look like a monster under a bridge that's like crushing a Volkswagen oh. Beetle. And it's actually a Beetle car inside that they've just covered in concrete or whatever and- you think that's worth a look? Yeah, because when we were- I was shortlisting for our US tour that sadly couldn't happen this month. We're hoping to do it next year. And I'm you better believe I'm going to see this monster, whatever it is. It's funny. I'm still going on the little holiday that I was planning at the end of the tour. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not- <laughs> I really earned this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you, do you want to thank a few for us, Dave? Absolutely. would love to do that. It's the, the Fremont Trolls that I'm talking about. Fremont Trolley, want to look that up. It's very cool looking. I would like to thank from Bellbird Park in Queensland, beautiful sounding place, and the home of Trudy Lawson. Trudy Lawson, of course, is a magpie in lime green. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That would really, the green would really pop off the black and white yeah, of the magpie. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And I'm talking Australian magpie, not those beautiful Irish ones that we saw oh, years God, ago. God, that was a beautiful That's magpie. a hot bird. I think the Australian magpie is fantastic. Yeah, they're just not as quite as hot. They're no, just they're very not nice. They're, yeah, they're just a strong looking bird. Yeah, exactly. You uh, trust it. With a beautiful warble. Oh, lovely sound. 
It's beautiful just like that. Love. I think it sounds pretty much like that. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, from one. Oh my god! I just realised that they're from Bellbird, and that's how where I how my brain somehow connected to Magpie, another bird. What about this incredible sounding place from Happy Valley? Happy Valley in South Australia. Lovely sounding place for Catherine Kerr. A bottle of Guinness. <laughs> in. Oh, in uh, what about a fuchsia? Oh, yeah. Like a few. You're picturing like a fuchsia stubby buddy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think my brain, just to give, unpack this, there's a happy valley in country Victoria as well. And uh, I remember going there with my dad one time and he was like, and there was Guinness on tap. And he's like, oh, this is fantastic. You don't see Guinness on tap at many pubs around here. We'll have a couple of. <laughs> we got we we well we got when you see it, you've got to indulge. Yeah, I was about thirteen, so I can't I can't remember if I was able to have a sip. What's the rule here? If there's a meal, you're allowed to be underage or something. Yeah. <laughs> For every chip on your plate, you can have one sip. One chip, one sip. <laughs> one chip, one sip. It's a good rule. The chip sip policy. <laughs> Thanks to Catherine. I'd like to thank from uh, Billings in MTUS. Where's MT? I've got Montana, maybe. We've got to look this up. It is Billings in Montana. Fantastic. Elevation, 952 metres. Beautiful place. Sounds fantastic for Ace Andrews. Not too far away from where I am right now in Seattle. Yeah, um, that's right. Ace. We've really missed that name. Ace Andrews. This is incredible. Ace Andrews is fantastic. Um, and congratulations for killing five, uh, downing five planes. I think that's how you get the name. Um, yeah, that's right. In the World War One, <laughs> Billings. We just lost our Jack Billings, the Saints player, to Melbourne this year. The what? De- he's now a demon. So I'm going to say Ace is a demon in. You've heard of Jet Black? How about Jet Brown? <laughs> demon in Jet Brown. <laughs> that's yeah. what happens when I do a loop de loop. I Jet Brown my jet pants. Brown. <laughs> oh, you don't want to do a loop de loop while you're doing a Jet Brown. It's going to go everywhere. Mm. A gentleman never does that. Um, <laughs> and finally, Dave, who you got to thank here? I'd like to thank from Durham in, would you believe it, North Carolina. Uh, quick fun fact. Uh, this is where the first sort of commercially successful, like, mini golf course mm. is from, and it was called Thistledoo. And that's, is that a pun? Jury's uh, still out on it. We think, might we think be. it might be a pun. We've got our, our best researchers looking into it. And if you don't like that for a fact, did you know? That Venus flytraps are native to North Carolina. Wow. And he, will you be visiting North Carolina on this trip? I won't. I'm, I'm going to get to Gary and then I really want to- I mean, I don't even think I'm going to get to Ohio. I just don't have enough time. I wanted to get yeah. to Ohio. I wanted to get to um, uh, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to travel the Golden Mile. I wanted to have a, a creamy in Vermont, but yeah, we'll have to keep- save that for the tour. <laughs> That's right. Because the Golden Mile, you got to really keep going to get up to the creamy. Yes. So I appreciate it. The Golden Mile has a big kink at the end, <laughs> a big <laughs> creamy <keeps> kink. <laughs> I also, I also want to go to Mothman Town. Oh, um, where's that again? That's in Virginia. Oh, Maybe right. West Virginia. Got to, um, where is it's called? Got to keep going on the Golden Mile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Golden Mile is uh, it's it's a bit of a semicircle. Um. So thank you so much to Nikki Ace. 
Catherine Trudy. I don't think we didn't give any. We, we got so distracted by Durham, North Carolina. Oh, my God. And we didn't actually officially say thank oh. you oh, so Nikki, much. Thank you so much. To Nikki. That's right. From uh, North Carolina. When I think Nikki, I think Nikki six. So, uh, Nikki is the numeral six. The, num- the number six. And they are wearing a mauve. Oh, yeah. Six, six and mauve. Six and mauve. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Um, thank you so much to Nikki Ace, Catherine, Trudy, Kieran, Dee Dee, Amy, Cream, and Tyson. <laughs> thanks, Cream. Thanks, Cream. Uh, the last thing. I'm, I'm Bono. I'm Cream. I'm Cream. Bono rebranded as a character called Cream. <laughs> oh, we had a good laugh about that, that when is, we were staying in Ireland a few years ago. That's when you are so big and people have said yes to you for so long you could just say i'm going to be a character I feel called like cream i rem- i've got a memory of doing this patreon section of uh, an uh, episode in- when we're in ireland and that coming up and just crying sitting on the floor recording <laughs> it and crying with laughter is that am i remembering that correctly yeah. i'm cream i'm cream <laughs> <laughs> the man's a genius <laughs> Uh, that leaves only the Triptych Club section to go, Dave, and we have quite a few inductees in. Are you ready to welcome them in? I absolutely am. Should we explain the Triptych Club? It's our Hall of Fame, our our clubhouse to the stars, people that have been on the shout-out level or above for three consecutive years. They've already had a shout-out, but they've stayed true. Mm. They've stuck with us through thick and thin. Thick and thin cream. <laughs> and, they, <laughs> and whipped. Yes. And they, uh, I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but each of the inductees also get- a star on the Triptych Club Walk of Fame. That's right. Yep. And it's a long street now. <laughs> it is a long street. It's getting longer every, every single it's week. Been, it's really good, though, for uh, street cricket. So, we go out there and we... <laughs> it's uh, tippity run. And um, <laughs> as everyone knows, I don't know why I'm telling you, Dave, you know the I rules. Know, I know it's, the one uh, hand, one bounce. Out, one hand, one bounce. Of course. Uh, if you hit it into mum's windows. <laughs> mum's windows. <laughs> Oh, not mum's windows. You're out if you hit it into da- mum's Dad windows. couldn't give a shit about the windows. Mum's windows. I was trying to be nostalgic. That came out weird. <laughs> um, what was my childhood like? <laughs> Cream. Jess is usually behind the bar, shaking up cocktails, making food, but you've taken over this week to create a cocktail. Yes, that's right. Well, we got the men in black oh, cocktail wow. uh, weenies. And um, <laughs> they're- mm. They're just, uh, yeah, they're Frankfurters uh, dropped in black food dye. Wow. And the cocktails, of course, are the Men in Blacks, uh, and they are uh, just a Guinness. Mm. Funnily enough, it's come up again. Guinness uh, with a uh, gingerbread man in it. Oh, wow. Just dipped? Yeah, dipped. I thought it actually go Gingerbread right. Men in Black is what we call it, but you can shorten that to Men in, yeah. the men in Black. <laughs> it's pretty gross. Um I don't think anyone. Well, I think we've only made a couple, just for show. I, we don't anticipate a lot of demand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you normally book a band. For I do this? book a band, and this week performing all the hits off the Men in Black soundtrack as it was originally performed. David Schwimmer is here, <laughs> and you—that's just coincidence. Is that right? <laughs> coincidence. Yeah. What are the odds? Because you didn't even know that he was I didn't, involved. I didn't, I didn't know this was the topic. I didn't know he was involved. I did know that he wanted to. He on his rider or on. You know, his management got in contact and said, Schwim is in. Mm. He's happy to swim to the club. He'll, he'll he's think he'll, or swim. That's that's <laughs> that, that's a spin off podcast we've got to do eventually about <laughs> yes. the films of David, David Schwimmer. Surely he, has, he hasn't been in that many, has he? Well, there's all those ones with where he's a zebra or a or a giraffe or something. Oh, right. Okay. What are they called? Madagascar. Madagascar. 
yeah. didn't even know he was in those. Fantastic. But um, I all I saw in the email was he would like to perform the Men in Black soundtrack. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's a bit weird. weird. Now it makes sense. Yeah. That's <laughs> all right. He wants to show Will that he could have done it. And uh, I'm on the door. I've got the guest list here. We've got a few names in tonight. I'm going to read them out. Uh, Dave's going to hop them up with a bit of, you know, I'm going to say weakish wordplay based on either their where they're from or their name. Uh, but he's doing that with love. That's yeah. the most important thing. Uh, if you hear your name, run on in. Theatre of the mind going on here. And make yourselves at home. And hang around for the after party where David Schwimmer is <laughs> fronting his band, Sink or Schwim, uh, playing the hits of, <laughs> of Will. Of Will, Man in, the Men in Black soundtrack. Is he going to play uh, Brackets, Nod Your Head Brackets? Yeah, yeah he's doing yeah. them all. Oh, that's fantastic. He'll also even have a go at Wild Wild West. Really? Yeah. But he, no matter- we just couldn't afford to pay him the extra to play the Rembrandts. He won't uh, clap. He won't do the. He will not clap. Along. He won't clap. It costs too much. <laughs> yeah, we had to triple the fee for the clap. Yeah, and he said, "I'll I'll do it for three billion dollars, but I won't have fun." And yeah, we're like, well, we don't want to see the swim sad. Oh my gosh, no! <laughs> if you get David Schwimmer in, you want to you want to get the fun loving party animal that we all know and love. <laughs> um. Which has been typecast as. Anyway, so I'm going to read out uh, some great new inductees in the Triptych Club. Dave's going to hop them up. Here we go. Here we go. From Collingwood here in Melbourne, Victoria, it's Liz Brandt. I'm going to rant about Liz Brandt. Positive rant. rant. Positive rant. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> From Hastings, also here in Victoria, it's Heidi Russell. Let me rustle up a Heidi for you. <laughs> what is that? Fantastic. Here's From- Heidi. From Lang Warren again, right here in Melbourne, Victoria. It's Natalie Spirison. Uh, is there a conspiracy? <laughs> or is Natalie one of the coolest people I've ever met? This goes all the way to the top, where Natalie is at the top. From Coburg again, just down the road here in Victoria, it's Jess Mitchell. More like Best Mitchell. Jess what? Mitchell. What's going on? Why was there a big? There was a a big. Uh, Big rush of Melbourne supporters whenever yeah, this was three years ago. Why do we do that? What do we do that week? Uh, we oh, we set up a stall at the at Melbourne Central. Yeah, so- <laughs> we signed people up with clipboards. Yeah. Hi, sorry, can I just borrow five minutes of your time? <laughs> oh, that's a lovely shirt. Now I've got your attention. Can I get you to sign this board? <laughs> oh, that's a great beard. I get that a lot. I'm like, oh, don't. Oh, thanks. Don't give me compliments. Oh. You're going to make getting compliments feel weird now. I am. Um, I, the other day I got stopped by someone outside South Yarra Station and I was wearing Kirsty Webex t-shirt. Uh, her branded merch, I should say. I haven't, <laughs> taken, I haven't taken one of her many Adidas t-shirts. You spilled coffee all over yeah. yourself. <laughs> Kirsty was nearby. No, I was wearing uh, one of her fantastic shirts and the person goes, oh, that's a cool shirt. Where's that from? And I said, oh, I actually got this uh, from uh, Melbourne comedian Kirsty Webex. And they said, oh, who's the... You know, who's that? And I started singing Kirsty's praises for about three or four minutes. So, and they're like, oh, where do they perform? I was like, oh, you can see them all over the town. Their gig list will be on- online. You should check them out. And then I said, I've got to go now. Bye-bye. And then I realized I'd end up wasting their time by talking about Kirsty Weaver. I sold Kirsty to them. That's great. Turn the tables. Yeah. Uh, does Kirsty pay you much for that, for that service? Yeah. Uh, you get a card, I assume. Of course. Uh, I'd also like to welcome into the club from East Victoria Park in Western Australia to Aaron Holbeach. Look. This ain't no half beach. Mm. This is a whole beach. That's a big beach. With Aaron. From Ballyfermot in, probably not how you say it, in Dublin, Ireland, it is Aidan McAdams. Sure. Aidan McAdams. Um, 
We're gonna take a call on Mick Adams, Aiden from Belly Fairmont. Oh. <laughs> oh, clicking fast is hard. Uh, did you reckon that's how you say, it's pronounced Aiden? Yeah, I think so. Great. Um, I'm so sorry if it's not Aiden. Uh, I'd also love to welcome in from the Woodlands in Texas. Sounds like you're, uh, what are you hiding from? <laughs> Living in the Wait, woods. Are you in a shallow grave or something? <laughs> it's Amy Keller. They ain't no smeller. It's Amy Keller. Amy Keller, no smeller. Um, <laughs> I mean, I would call that damning with faint praise. They ain't no smeller. What about, what a great smeller. Yeah, but I thought that sounded weird. Oh, okay. That like, I'd sniffed, <laughs> like I'd sniffed them a bit too much. Uh, oh, these things went through my head. Don't you worry about okay. that. Okay. Uh, there's got to be something better. Anyway, um, from Sydney. Oh, God's country, Ohio. It's Laura Denny. Laura Denny. Uh, worth more than a penny. Again, that that would- that like one You could cent. be saying Laura's worth two pennies. Uh, what about- You've heard of uh, Penny Dreadful. This is- Danny Undreadful. <laughs> now we get somewhere. Yeah. Now we get somewhere. I still need you to fix up your Keller one. I'd also like to welcome in from Charleston in South Carolina. It's David Kapler. This person makes me want to do a dance, a famous dance. The Kapler. <laughs> the joke is that they're from Charleston. Did yes. you get that? You do, the old switcheroo. Yeah, yeah great. Good Fantastic. stuff. On you, David. Uh, second last from Berlin in Deutschland. Oh, how good is this name? Ute Martins. Oh, hop in my Ute, which might not make sense to you. It's, uh, what we call what a it's a utility vehicle. utility vehicle with a tray. Ute Martins. Um, something about Doc Martins. Doc Ute. Oh, yeah. Well, you, this very episode, you were giving people the title of Doc. Maybe <laughs> yeah. you, you could bestow that on on Please. Ute. Doc Ute. Doc Ute. I think that's awesome. That's fantastic. Going in. Finally, first one here from. Oh, can only assume from deep within oh the fortress goodness. of the moles. There's no address here. It's David Plant. Oh, my God. This is an alien if I've ever heard of one. <laughs> no address. Literally <laughs> says plant in your name. You're here to spy on us, David. Aren't you, David? <laughs> David? Oh, very, very quiet there, David. Where are you? Hmm? David Plant. David Plant. Um, uh <laughs> I'm going on a rant. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Positive rant. A positive rant about David Plant. That's good stuff. And you think I should redo Amy Keller? Yeah, and I don't- And you can't- Oh, uh, well, yeah. What a plant. There's got to be something better about plant. I'll, I'll water you every day. <laughs> uh, you are the- What, is, what do they call the process? Photo, photosynthesis. Synthesis. Yeah. Can you do anything with that? Uh, I'd like to photosynthesize you. Yeah. That okay. sounds weird, though, yeah, doesn't no, it? Yeah, no, it does. Uh, I'd, David uh, Plant. I'd, I'd recant that for David Plant. Oh, David recant. <laughs> We're getting colder. Um, D- David Pant? David Pant. You make me David Pant. Oh, <laughs> I actually had to change my David Pants before because I spilled coffee <laughs> yeah, all over coffee them. On them. <laughs> Went from shorts to jeans on a hot day. No good. And what about Amy Keller, a fantastic speller? Oh, yeah. Couldn't be any sweller than Amy Keller. That's good. Uh, thank you so much. I'll be your fortune teller. Things are looking good for you. <laughs> Thanks so much to all of you. And and please make yourselves at home. David, you say oot. I'll take that as you're the German here. Doc oot. Doc oot. David, Laura, Amy, Aiden, Aaron, Jess, Natalie, Heidi, and Liz. Welcome in one and all. Make yourselves right at home. And uh, yeah, 
I can't wait to see the swim up there. On yeah, the enjoy stage. the the wrapping stylings. Wrapping mm. stylings. I'm sure he'll probably say it. Is he going to do like other Will Smith movie songs, like Getting Jiggy with It? He'll do Getting Jiggy with It, absolutely. And will he do Hitch or whatever it's called? Switch? What's it called? What was that one? Dun, 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 ba, ba, da, ba, da. He did one from the movie Hitch. Oh, okay, great. He'll probably do. He'll he'll he takes requests, but as long as those requests were originally sung by Will Smith, <laughs> he's a peculiar guy. Oh, um, he'll even do Arabian Nights from when they redid Aladdin. Oh, great! That's fantastic. A lot of options there. Another one, Hey Sexy Lady. Hey Sexy Lady. <laughs> I think that'll be really good from think, the swim. I think the swim could uh, finally do that song justice. Um, I look forward to, we'll probably be there when he gets the call from Will Smith that says, that's your song now. <laughs> I'll be embarrassed, rec- you know, doing this ever again. Uh, so, well, that brings us to the end of the episode, Dave. Anything to tell people before we go? Hey, we'll be back next week with another block-tastic episode. We're into the top three top next three, week. Top three, the bronze position. Fantastic. But thank Assume you so much for listening. the bronze position. <laughs> don't know what that means. Felt like it could have been something. Awesome. We'll work that out in the next week. Okay, right. Uh, you can get in contact with us anytime at dogoonpod.com. There's a link to suggest a topic. Uh, you can uh, jump on the Patreon. We've got some merchandise for sale and uh, yeah. tickets to live shows, future and even if you're listening to this in uh, many years after we've recorded it, check it out. <laughs> You're going to say in the future. Yeah. So that's probably likely. Yeah, but in the distant, distant, distant future. future. Even if it's a couple of years, check the gig guide. Our, our thing that says live shows because we might be coming to your neck of the woods soon. But until next week, also thank you so much for listening and goodbye. Laters. We want to believe. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com